So, Patrick, it has come to my attention that you watched a very particular television special a few nights ago. And I was wondering if you could describe to our patrons what exactly mm. Warren Beatty and his old buddy Dick Tracy were up to on Friday night. Uh, wow, we're really diving in the deep end with probably yeah. the most important media event of 2023. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what we do here. We just if, talk about really important media. Yeah. yeah, if not of the entire 21st century, Yeah, I would argue. Oh, yeah. So Friday night at 10.30 p.m., uh, Eastern Standard Time on Turner Classic <laughs> Movies, they aired a half-hour TV special called The Dick Tracy Special, colon, Tracy Zooms In. And so the, the backstory for this is, in the mid-'80s, mm-hmm. famed Oscar-winning actor and film director, Warren Beatty, mm-hmm. uh, acquired the movie rights to the comic strip Dick Tracy. Yes. Uh, as in... Usually studios b- buy movie rights to, to like comics and stuff instead of a one man. Yeah, this is guy. just a guy. It's, this is a yeah, single guy, Warren Beatty. Straight this is like, up just And him. as this story yeah. will prove, Warren Beatty has never done an ill-advised thing in his life. So, Got it. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's hear more. Uh, but also, I, I, I love that the fact that like when he acquired the Dick Tracy film rights in the 80s, this was, he took, I believe, six years off between projects. And then in 1990 he directed and starred in a Dick Tracy movie. Uh, a really deeply weird movie that like looks like a comic strip. It has like songs by Stephen Sondheim. Uh, it is- Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sondheim oh, yeah. got his Oscar for that. Oh, did you not know that? Oh. Yeah, Josh, we gotta talk Dick Tracy. Yeah, oh, Stephen shit. Sondheim wrote songs performed by Madonna. He made that one <laughs> Dick Tracy movie. He only made that one movie. Right. Um, after Dick Tracy, Warren Beatty directed a total of two more movies- in the following like 30 something years. But the thing is with, with movie rights, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so to hold on to these rights in, I believe 2010, Warren Beatty made a half hour Dick Tracy special that aired once on Turner classic movies. The whole TV special is just Warren Beatty playing Dick Tracy sitting down in just like a black, like, featureless studio with mm-hmm. film critic Leonard Malton who interviews him about his life and Dick Tracy talks about his feelings about Warren Beatty's portrayal of him it was v- extremely weird oh this but, is like Pirandello shit it's like <laughs> right yeah and so he did Six it to hold Dick on Tracy's to- in search of a Warren Beatty <laughs> <laughs> so he did it to hold on to the rights and anyway two nights ago he did it again 85-year-old Warren Beatty. Oh, this is it, new. Yeah. This is new. Oh, John. Did what? it again. Yeah. But it's even stranger. It starts out with Ben Mankiewicz, who's like, you know, the host of everything on TCM. And he's right. there like in his office and, and he's like watching clips from the original special from like 13 years ago. And apparently Dick Tracy has like a scheduled Zoom call with him. So the main <laughs> shot in this, it's a it's a close up of a television with like a, a four way split screen where in the two lower windows, it's Ben Mankiewicz and Leonard Malton. And then in the top two sure. windows, you have Warren Beatty as himself and then also Warren Beatty as Dick Tracy. And they just bicker for a while. And that's basically it for about half an hour. And then at the end, there's one little brief scene that's just one static shot where Warren Beatty and Dick Tracy have lunch at a restaurant and they just kind of bicker. Wonderful. And now he maintains those uh, like the ownership of those rights for another, I don't know, 
15 years or so. And I really hope that in 10 years, 95-year-old Warren Beatty does it again. It's one of the strangest things I've ever seen on television. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. of all possible worlds the first and only podcast sworn to steal the rights of dick tracy away from warren Beatty. that's right i'm the worst of all possible ajs i'm the worst of all possible brian and i'm the worst of all possible joshes and joining us today is one of the most prolific and in my opinion one of the best video essayists working today his feature film the night of the coconut is streaming on nebula it is the best film about a googly-eyed coconut traveling through dimensions that will ever be made and i don't just say that because i'm in it <laughs> please welcome patrick willems hey. hi patrick hello hey guys thanks for having yeah, me welcome yeah uh aj you uh i think you kind of wrangled this one uh this week in terms of guest in terms of subject matter um sure did. why the fuck did you decide that we should watch the boss bait <laughs> okay so i had heard a rumor from a friend of the show natalie walker that the plot of this movie was so deeply convoluted and strange that it was at least worth checking out. And, you know, I, I think I sort of pushed it off for like years and years watching it. And this podcast is a great excuse just to watch all those curios that I've sort of shoved into the back of my mind. And I thought it was time we finally watched it. You know, initially uh, we had Patrick in mind to come on to talk about Minions, but he unfortunately sold his voice away to a sea witch in exchange for legs. Mm. To be uh, clear, I was like, I watched the movie and everything. Yeah, he did. And then, and then I just, compl- I lost my voice for a full week yeah. and uh, could not talk. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's why I'm not on that uh, episode. Patrick, look at those gams, though. The gams <laughs> you got out of that? Oh, oh sublime. Beautiful. Those... Exactly. You, you guys can't see them now, but they're pretty good. Calves for days. So, yeah, uh, I knew that I, guys, I did want to talk to you, Patrick, um, sort of about children's entertainment because you have this sort of long and storied history of defending Paddington. Like when mm. I, I would have, but I don't think he ever need defense. Well, I, no, no, like... I don't think he did, but I wouldn't have watched that movie. I know for a fact, if not for watching your video on it. So I feel like as sort of a preeminent scholar of not only just film, but specifically like children's film, it would be very good to have you on to talk about something. And I thought, what about this weird, weird movie from 2017, which begs the question, who is this for? Yeah, I, I, I will say, I think I actually did pick Minions from Mm. like the long list that I was given. Yes. You know, that's such an enormous franchise and I've never seen any installment in it. Like I hadn't seen a single Despicable Me movie. Mm, And so I was like, you know what? This seems like a good excuse to finally like dip my toe in this massive cultural pool. And um, and I I assume you just picked Boss Baby because it's like, well, Patrick had to, you know, cancel on this one strange you know children's animated movies from the past decade by, how do we by hurt a, him <laughs> non disney non pixar studios yeah. and this yeah. seemed adjacent to it that? is definitely yeah. a little adjacent i mean every week obviously we do as our tagline famously says famously i don't know what the <laughs> fuck i'm saying <laughs> famously famously according to our listeners uh case studies in the pop culture of a dying empire and uh you know minions was an interesting case study in the decline of the uh, the french and english empires <laughs> Whereas yes. this week with Boss Baby, we've got our eyes squarely back 
attack on the United States of America. And I think it's interesting how Boss Baby is an aggressively American movie. Yeah, there's none of that low-budget Pierre Coffin uh, nonsense. This is 100% DreamWorks SK motherfucking G. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I I thought we'd uh, run through sort of the history of this thing uh, and how it got made. the uh, the essence of the boss baby, not boss baby, but the boss baby. Mm. Yeah, there's uh, the a se- the like the there, Batman or the yes. Ohio State University. <laughs> and what's really interesting yeah. is like usually this would go in the other direction where you don't have the in the title, but then the is how the thing is referred to in the movie. This mm-hmm. goes the other way. His he is not the boss baby in the movie. His name right. is boss baby right whereas the position that boss baby the character is competing for is the position of the boss baby yeah uh the the, the title essentially in the same way it's not you know it's not the minions and then you watch the movie and they're all just minions it's the other way around this already is is deeply unsettling to me and and possibly (laughs) we're having a lot of talk about this there's a lot of satanic media out there Mm, this is blatantly Mm -hmm. satanic yeah for sure for sure i mean there is a heaven in it yeah i was gonna say isn't it if anything like angelic because it's a blasphemous like, depiction of heaven they descend <laughs> yes. from above to uh to hell I, I, okay they slide down I, a big slide i don't want to get into the lore too early too, too, too early yes. all that yeah no sure but uh well, let's start out with just how this thing got made yeah. um the secret formula the secret combination that makes this movie uh is six years of animation work by director tom mcgrath and his team uh, which is ex- gonna be good yeah an extraordinarily long time to work on one of these things uh costs 125 million dollars made about uh, 500 million back at the box office. I believe that's about 100 million more than a single Despicable Me movie. Uh, no, actually, it, it about ties with the first Despicable Me. Hmm. Well, the first Despicable Me ended up in, in hell for a few years. I mean, it may have ended up in Boss Baby's hell because yeah. we never see what hell is in this world if heaven exists. Uh, I would uh, argue that the, the earth below is hell in yes. Boss Baby. Mm, uh, and they are mm. all just deigning to return to heaven we right. should keep talking about how this movie got made <laughs> yeah, no, just, just, josh i think you're inventing mormonism wow <laughs> where'd you get those golden plates so who, who are these babies coming down whose, whose babies are they uh no and so uh tom mcgrath uh, is a director of the three madagascar films also of megamind and he was oh. an animator on space jam oh, oh the original okay. space jam the uh, the og space jam huh. and uh so he reads this book uh by marla frazzi uh, in 2007, which I think that Brian, you have some. Yeah. So on. Marla Frazzi or Frazzi, I'm not entirely certain how to say her name. Um, she was a toy designer until the 1990s. She worked in the toy Ooh. industry first in advertising, um, but then on the actual design of toys, designed a bunch of things for like McDonald's Happy Meals, things like that. And yeah. in 1990, she started working as an illustrator in children's books. Um, throughout the nineties, she did little things here and there, a bunch of books I had never heard of having grown up in the nineties. So they must not have been very good. <laughs> wow. You're coming in hot. Things are only good nice. if they're famous and I've heard of them. Right. Uh, that's fair. But then she wrote her own book, wrote and illustrated a book called roller coaster in 2003. And then from that point on started, uh, a career as a writer as well. And then in 2007, she wrote a book called boss baby, um, about parents, having their first child and what it's like to get that first kid using the, the, the language and imagery of business of like a tyrannical CEO. Now she was a toy designer by trade. You said, yeah, 
when the original Boss Baby book was released, was then there already merchandise that was available no. with it? Could you purchase a Boss Baby or multiple Bosses Baby? No, she yeah. she totally <laughs> left the, the toy industry when she started working in children's novels. Uh, yeah, there is now. I was looking at some stuff with this book, and it does seem yeah. to be like one of those like really early age like children's mm-hmm. picture books where mm-hmm. it's like right. cardboard with like really thick yeah pages that don't bend yeah 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 and, and like like a, a very minimal story yeah it, it like yes. it, it seems like all there is to it is it's like from the perspective of an older sibling and yes. there's a new baby who demands a lot of attention and it uses like the analogy of yeah a boss yeah the and idea that's like all there is yeah, to the it, idea right? is right. like, yeah, to, to help you understand there is this new child in the house. Your parents are giving it a lot of attention. It doesn't mean they love you any less. There's just right. some things, some hurdles that you have to go through. Well, and um, I think yes. if you're if you're out of board book range as a child, yeah. you're going to probably be able to understand that with that relatively little explanation. But if you're a really young kid, yeah. like if you're just a few years old, then it's like, well, why do mom and dad not love me? Right. And there is sort of a I think they retain a lot of the text in the movie itself. It's actually mm. a little jarring because Toby Maguire voices like the future version of this kid. Right. And it sounds like it's text pulled straight from the book. But the rest of the dialogue in the movie doesn't sound anything like the text. Like, I, I don't think that's so the much case more complex. Just not that much text in the book. Oh, interesting. Um, wow. I thought they just shoved the whole thing in there is no. what is the sense yeah. I got from it. I was looking at it on Amazon. There's like, a you know, yeah. some images of, of like actual pages. And right. it really seems like most of the text of the book went into like one early montage. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, just explaining, uh, how like you know if like uh like like the baby would call meetings mm-hmm. and uh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and when he wasn't given what he wanted he would be furious and right. just like then he's crying a lot right and and that that initial thing where it's just kind of like the the narration describing how the baby is like a boss yes it's like I, I again i haven't read the whole book but it doesn't seem like it's very long yeah trouble getting pre- through it it was a little too dense yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know it's the power broker of children's books yeah, yeah. i know I, I really tried to do my homework but uh i, just, I couldn't get through it all yeah. but my my assumption is that most of it it goes into that one montage mm-hmm. and then wonderful yeah everything else in the movie yes. is created for the film yes and yeah. created by michael mccullers who is okay. the sole credited screenwriter on this thing well that, that's what i was gonna ask film. it's wild aj was like how do you yeah. get from this little i'm assuming like 16 page board book to the to a 90 minute animated feature six years right is, but is, like, is the true answer to that question how did they pick it up like do you know about like how i mean have you actually... read, have you ever read shrek josh yeah yeah Right. Like this is again, this is the same studio. And like Shrek is a wildly different story. That's barely there. Right. It's a few pages. It's just like it's written in kind of this like hick dialect. And none of that ends up in the final product. Right. Animation tends to work uh, and still does at DreamWorks uh, with people, animators making scenes running Mm -hmm. off of a specific concept and then working from there. And then from there, they probably come up with their point A, point B, point C, three act structure, and then start to fit everything into that. And you can really see that in the dream sequences in this movie, the big fantasy sequences, that it was just a bunch of animators who were allowed to just kind of go hog wild. But the script itself was written by Michael McCullers, who is, uh, he wrote both of the Austin Powers sequels, Oh, well, so he wrote both the with spy who, yeah, with Mike huh. Myers. He is brought in to sort of fill out this world because, as you said, 
very little text in the book. So they have to kind of create this whole universe around it. And oh boy, what a complicated universe that we will get into very shortly. Um, The other element of this movie that we have alluded to a little bit before is that it's banking a lot on the star power and charisma of one Alec Baldwin. Yes. Specifically the Alec Baldwin from Glengarry Glen Ross. Not any other type of Alec Baldwin. Please, please don't think of anything else. Just, it's just Glengarry, okay? Yes. It's yes. just Glengarry Alec Baldwin focusing in on that. No cowboy uh, scenes. No. No cowboy scenes. Um, no, nothing involving potentially heartwarming stories uh, involving his daughter. Do not Google Alec Baldwin daughter. Do not <laughs> do Google it. Ireland Baldwin. <laughs> they were working on this thing for three years up until 2014, and that is when they brought Alec Baldwin on to co star with Kevin Spacey who was supposed to play the Steve Buscemi role (laughs) who was replaced two years later for hopefully obvious reasons but what's interesting is that this came out before Spacey's cancellation because that was late 2017 this movie came out in early 2017 so they must have gotten rid of Spacey for just the fact that he's a huge asshole and they didn't want to work with him anymore. I mean, or, it's also yeah. possible that they knew like this. The, that story yeah, was that bubbling was under for a long it. time before uh, it. The most interesting, I think, voice cast in this whole thing is actually the kid who plays Tim. He's played by Miles Bakshi. I don't know yeah. if anyone else did research. He's not on related this. to Ralph Bakshi, is he? He's his grandson. No yeah. way. No that's way. Why, that's why there's Gandalf. That's why there's the Gandalf freaking oh. alarm clock. It's because his dad, his grandfather made the Lord of the Rings movie. Wow. Wow. They should have given him a Fritz the cat. <laughs> I <had> the same <laughs> alarm clock. Wake up, fucko. <laughs> uh, and uh, a little, a, fi- a final little piece of, uh, of trivia about this movie was that it was scored by Hans Zimmer, who had also previously scored Megamind and the Madagascar trilogy. An important the- thing to know about Hans Zimmer, too, is that he's not the one writing all this music. Like right. Hans Zimmer is the name of a company. And so there are a number of composers working under Hans Zimmer who compose the music, and it's Hans Zimmer music. I'm endlessly fascinated by the Zimmer thing. Zimmer is credited as the composer of a lot of scores, and you can usually tell the ones that he himself like yeah. focused on. Yes, uh, like yeah. like any of like his Christopher Nolan scores, mm-hmm. like oh, like the Inner Cellar score, like yeah. that is actually like a Zimmer joint, and right. then something like Boss Baby. I always kind of suspected that's probably the other people there yeah. than working on that. And then you also yeah. get weird things where it's like he's also has like co-composing credits on a lot of things. Which he like, does uh, for Boss Baby as well. Yeah, mm. he does. Oh, but like, interesting. Like, like Blade Runner 2049, it's like him and Benjamin Walfish yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, the Top Gun Maverick uh, score yeah. has the, the single best music credit of all time. Fucking great. And, and that's the thing, right? Like if, if for whatever reason you're not familiar with Hans Zimmer, just think about the big, like booming loud sounds in Top Gun Maverick or the in Inception. Yeah. That's Hans Zimmer, which is yeah. not the sound that Boss Baby has in its soundtrack at all. Really, This score is also kind of strange because it feels like it, it it's mostly built out of like kind of quoting like a lot of like like Gustav Holtz, like the mm-hmm. planets and stuff like that. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. funny because uh, he was sued by the estate of Gustav Holst for like the opening track from the Gladiator score uses part of um, what is it, Mars Bringer of War? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, 
But a lot yeah. of the Boss Baby's score sounded like it was basically almost like like reinterpolating mm-hmm. various pieces of classical music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, okay, the thing is also the score is I found to be pretty forgettable. Like it, yeah. it's it, it's there's no like real like theme that really burrowed its way into my brain. No, but it does oh. really it, it does, I think, really drive the story. Like it's not as if you hear anything that leaves you humming a tune. Right. But the music itself is an integral part of the whole, even if the tunes themselves aren't memorable. And I think that's kind of interesting. Anyway, Josh is right. a huge fan of Boss Baby. You haven't been walking around just like humming the iconic Boss Baby theme. Yeah, no, it's somehow not. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, no, you know what? Can we just can we just all of us sing the Boss Baby theme at yeah, once? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here we go. Uh, here we go. I'm the boss baby. I'm out here and I'm being the boss of other babies. I'm a boss who's a baby. (laughs) That's me. The bus oh, baby. that's oh, that's the one. You are a rude, thoughtless little pig. You don't have the brains <laughs> or the decency as a human being. That's actually it's funny. They've actually put that underneath the score yeah. of the entire film. The, the uh, sequel they put all of his uh, for the sequel they put all of his calls to the New Mexico DA's office. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yeah. So, uh, so the, again, so they ended up spending 125 million dollars to make this movie over the course of six years, and it ends up making back 528 million at the box office. Mm. And to put this in perspective, the Despicable Me movie uh, made 543 million, which was yeah. more than Boss Baby made, but uh, it only cost 69 million sure. nice yeah. to make. Nice. Uh, the other thing to note is that the domestic box office for Boss Baby is not great. Internationally, really? it, it pulled those numbers, but it kind of made the budget back and some change uh, just in the U.S., Hmm. So this is more of an international franchise. Right. Well, because famously audiences in like China and Europe are obsessed with Glengarry Glen Ross. Yes. <laughs> as soon as they saw it, that, that tagline, cookies are for closers. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, oh everyone God. in the audience cheered. They leapt to their feet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say, I'm sure we'll get into more of the marketing, but yeah. so I had never seen Boss Baby before. Sorry, I'd never seen The Boss Baby before. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. But my, my, my main memory of it was just, I remember it, it was in 2017 it came out, right? Yes. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I just had this memory of standing on a sidewalk in Midtown Manhattan mm-hmm. and watching a taxi go by that mm-hmm. had a Boss Baby ad on the roof of the taxi saying in huge letters, uh, cookies are for closers, and just thinking, what a weird market. Yeah, like, who is this for? Yeah. <laughs> what it, is the like, Venn diagram of this? Yeah, Right. It, it's like, this is a... I film targeted at children and you're basing your whole campaign around a quote from a movie for adults that came out in, I think, 92. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. it's not even like a I mean, you know, that movie is still uh, famous, but and and like Baldwin in it is still like, a you know, an iconic. Oh, performance, he's but great like, in it. But yeah, yeah it's, it's not even like a topical thing it's not recent it's from so long ago like is that is this just aimed at like a certain like percentage of parents to be like i'll drag my kids to this because it's making a joke that i find funny i want to sort of keep that in the back of our minds as we go through this because i think it's one of the most interesting points of tension in this movie actually yes where the movie itself can't really decide who it's for 
To what extent does it want right. to serve as its real audience, which is fucking children, uh, right. versus to what extent does it want to uh, give little winky nod jokes to parents, right? right? And rather than doing the thing that I think a lot of truly great animated films do and children's films do and just be the truest version of itself to everyone, oftentimes it kind of splits the difference. Yeah. Um, Right. But I think it makes sense at this point for us to start talking a bit about like what happens in the boss baby. Uh, right. There's a lot to unpack. Because there's a lot to unpack here. We start out in Congo. Yes. Uh, we start out in the Congo. The Michael Crichton movie. And we, we get this actually genuinely beautifully animated sequence. Yes. Tim. Our hero. Don't worry, mom and dad. I got this. <laughs> This sequence basically represents what is going on in the mind of our protagonist, Timothy. He's been used to, up until this point, exploring all of these different places in his imagination with his parents. His parents. Yeah, this opening is shocking. Like, I was expecting the stupid baby shit from the very yes. beginning, but this opening feels like. A bunch of animators who were working on a movie they didn't like finally got to do a sequence that they did like mm -hmm. and just went yeah. wild here. It has this and they use this for all the fantasy sequences, this animation style that's very reminiscent of like a lot of like 60s stuff, especially mm -hmm. like uh, so, some Disney movies of the era, like a little bit of just like 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 the background designs mm -hmm. of uh, like 101 Dalmatians and yeah. maybe the Tramp and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I uh, really cool. Like it's the kind of thing where it's obviously a CG animated movie, but these fantasy sequences have a lot of elements of like hand drawn animation yeah. and 2D stuff that looks really cool. And also uses this very kind of blocky color style with a lot of like heavy blacks, like accentuated with then like details and mm -hmm. lines in like bright neon colors. Yeah, it's it looks great. There's a lot of simulated flatness. And then in a couple of sequences, there's actual flatness. Like there mm -hmm. are just fully two dimensional scenes. But even in these three dimensional ones, it's it's given this sort of almost cardboard cutout diorama kind of sense to it. And the line yeah. work, I think, is very reminiscent of Gendy Tartakovsky. Right. It, yeah. It's very yes. uh, Samurai Jack, Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Lab, that kind of aesthetic as well. Timothy, in his imagination, is exploring the jungle with his parents. He is killing a whale with his parents. He's doing all of these things where he is creating this world in his mind. And so this is our way in. This is our way that we learn that Timothy is a very imaginative kid. And a yes. keystone of his imagination here is his relationship with his parents. They, in yes. many ways, are the ones who give him what it is that he needs to fulfill his own creative needs. And I thought this was a really fucking cool way to open this movie that I thought was going to suck ass honestly yeah yeah uh, i i also love that the dad is designed i think off of alec baldwin in beetlejuice like specifically the character design oh uh, that's a really good point yeah uh and i did nice little foreshadowing for eventually when we do get alec baldwin but yeah patrick i'm, I'm curious to uh what you went into this movie sort of expecting the cookies for closers thing how did this opening sequence strike you like the same way it did all of you. Yeah. It's just a really pleasant surprise. Yes. And if I'm remembering correctly, does it pretty much go from this kind of opening fantasy sequence that establishes Timothy, the main character, uh, and then his parents, and then into the like opening title sequence, yes. which is all this kind of like baby conveyor belt mm -hmm. thing? We yes. start the same way that we do in Uncut Gems, 
where mm-hmm. we are inside of an ass. Where do babies come from? And it begins a full five minutes of baby tuchus jokes. It's incredible. People, they're, they're, people love it. They love it. They can't get they enough. Love, love they're, the but again, there's so much like actual imagination and craft to this. There's so much specificity here. Each step along the conveyor belt, it's like an assembly line, right? Where like yeah. in, in each step of this conveyor belt process, you get all these little babies and they're actually kind of cute. They're like, I don't find them cloying at this point. I will uh, later. Oh, I do. I yeah. do. Okay. Yeah. I, I just I just want to say how delighted I am going into this, <laughs> especially after Minions, where there was just nothing but white hot rage. Josh, yeah, it is yeah. so delightful to see you so charmed. I I, I don't know. I shouldn't. Movie. I shouldn't have been this charmed. Genuinely, I oh, shouldn't have. No, no, you should. You should feel things fully because here's what happens when you don't feel things fully. You get put in management in baby heaven. That's true. That's true. I mean, th- this is the thing that we have to point out that. During this whole montage, we're following one baby yes. who seems to not be quite adhering to like what the babies are supposed to be doing. Sure. He's like flips the wrong direction. He's like, you know, he's not gliding like smoothly along the conveyor belt. And there's something yeah. like it's like he doesn't he's not angry or anything. He's just a little bit confused, and maybe a little bit too curious about his surroundings. Yeah, a little bit too self-aware. Right. It's just like he's not going along with the assembly line and they want those sort of creative thinkers in management. You also have to be a completely unfeeling because the mm-hmm. one that actually determines where you go to management is if you get tickled and you don't respond, then you get <laughs> sent down to management. Uh, in order to become a boss baby, a which boss is baby. a boss to be baby. Clear. Again, this is this, is, boss this is the category of thing, which is different from the position where there is just one head boss baby, which is different also from the character that will be the Alec Baldwin protagonist boss baby. So so when we said the lore was complicated, <laughs> this is what we mean from here because on out. Complicated, we- but so rewarding. from here on out when we are referring to the position that is the supreme baby of all babies we will call that the boss baby when we talk about the category of baby that is referred to management that will be a boss baby and when we Mm -hmm. are talking about the character alec baldwin we will just refer to him as boss baby i'm furiously Um, taking notes i don't know if i can keep up (laughs) uh so we find out that basically there is a place called Baby Corp, but there yes. is a baby core. Baby core, sorry. But there is also a different company on Earth that Tim's parents work for called Puppy Co. Yes. Which I guess sells dogs. Yes. Ma- and also genetically dogs? engineers dogs. Yeah. That's also when we find out that, that his parents sing Blackbird mm-hmm. by the Beatles to him every night, which was apparently a, a nice inside joke for the director because he made this whole movie because he wanted to impress his big brother, which I think is very, or his little brother, which I think is very sweet. Yes. And, and That's like, actually why Warren Beatty did Dick Tracy. It was just, uh, <laughs> just so Shirley MacLaine would be like, I'm proud of you, Warren. Finally. <laughs> and so my note at this point was, I kind of loved that intro. Am I going to like this movie? Question mark. And then my next note is, no, I'm not. But I clearly remember the baby was delivered in a taxi. <laughs> Uh, because uh, Boss Baby, the character, rolls up in a taxi and does weird, annoying dance moves while wearing a suit. He has yeah, now why arrived. Why does he dance? He is too serious. Does, like, we yeah. establish that he is too rigid and serious, and he Correct. walks up to this house dancing and twirling. Which, again, like, so often this movie doesn't seem to trust its own concept. It can't play Boss Baby straight enough 
for some reason. And it's like, well, I guess we got to make them cute and dance around to appeal to the kids. At this point in the movie, I think we get into what to me is, I don't want to say the the biggest problem, but but like a a tension that I think that the movie never quite overcomes. I use the exact same word on my notes, tension. Yeah. A thing that I, and I, I don't have a solve for this because we just spent a bunch of time talking about how, uh, how much we enjoyed uh, the look and feel of these fantasy sequences mm-hmm. that establish that, uh, you know, the main character, our narrator, uh, has a really active imagination and is always like imagining these like like him, like just like things in his regular life as these big, fantastical, colorful adventures. Right. Yes. And again, the movie roots us entirely in his perspective. And then. The baby shows up, right? And, and 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 remember how it's based on this this little picture book that basically is about how oh they're having this new baby who demands a lot of attention. You know he's kind of like a boss because uh, he's demanding things from everybody. Right. Uh, and he runs the house, and so having boss baby show up and seem like a boss, it immediately like the movie has taught us to look at this as another one of Timothy's fantasies. This is, again, how he's perceiving things in these kind of like elaborate, like, you know, metaphors and, and, and fantasies for, you know, uh, like like th- that he's seeing in his head uh, yeah. that he knows aren't real, but that like they're just exaggerated right. ways of like perceiving the world. And then we see this, and and I am wondering like, okay, is this just uh you know showing this like like how like his his fantasy yeah. for like, processing this an in a more elevated way? like childlike sense of you know confusion, but also wonderment. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. Except the answer is no. <laughs> yes, it's, no, it's actually real. <laughs> the most literal yes. possible explanation with an extremely complicated, again, very literal mythology that explains everything about like nothing here is a fantasy at all. And so I'm just like, the thing is, what would actually make this work better is if you hadn't established any of the fantasy sequences. And if you want it to be a literal story that we're supposed to like take at face value, then we we shouldn't establish that that our narrator sees everything right, through these right, like elaborate right. fantasy worlds. But then right. we're also losing probably the best stuff in the movie. And I'm like, I don't know what to do here. Maybe right, yeah. actually. Huh? Guys, I, sol- I solved boss. Oh, baby. yeah. Yes! Solved oh, we fixed it. We fixed, we fixed it. it. Broadway's we, back. We fixed chess a few months ago. Now we're yeah. fixing boss, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This should not be a feature film. It should not be a franchise. It should not have a spin off yep. Netflix yep. TV series. If, Three. if DreamWorks did what Pixar does and has a like seven yeah, minute it's an animated, animated short, short yeah. before their movies. Yep. Yeah. This would have been a perfect one. I of made those. the exact yes. same yep. note, Patrick. I, I like, okay, great. so I think you're exactly right on track. The, the, the problem is the parents acknowledge that the boss baby, sorry, boss baby is wearing a suit and carrying a briefcase. And they're just like, yeah, that's a cute, it's thing. cute thing. Like, yeah. like babies do. What the would fuck? Ha- the baby has begun taking charge of the environment, right? Yeah. Um, and this is the part that's basically just the book. The book, right. Right, this is the montage. It, it, the, the increasing amount of baby stuff is supplanting uh, Tim's stuff. It's like yeah. an alien invasion. Because yeah, they, they even do like a little horror movie sequence where, where there are other babies that mm-hmm. show up. There's a small yeah, jump yeah, yeah. scare there. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool, actually. I really like that uh, yeah, horror sequence. Yes, I agree. Sequence. I agree. Yeah. But again, like obviously, and I put the note here, that's not going to be able to carry a 90 minute movie. And so yeah. 
Once uh, Tim's parents fall asleep, rather than giving him his customary bedtime story and song, which again is Blackbird by the Beatles, Tim goes and tracks down the baby. And the baby is talking on the phone in the voice of Alec Baldwin. Trust me, ma'am. You've got the right baby for this job. Hands up, devil baby! Fart poop duty! I swear to God, I thought it he sounds screamed like fuck. fuck. It sounds like it fuck. Sounds it really like does. It really sounds like fuck. I had to go back and turn on the subtitles. I was like, why is the baby saying fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that's like such that's a, actually my fix for boss baby. That, just such just a baby had, say fuck. Yeah, just that's have, such a beat, like, have David Mamet write it. That's, yeah, that's, that's such yeah, an early 90s beat. It's like, yeah, the baby mm-hmm. says fuck, but this is still a kid's movie. Right, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. This is before. <laughs> Uh, there's a there's a note I took here that I I just want to kind of gauge reactions to. This. Mm. Are the pupils too big in this movie? Because I found it to be mm. a little distracting. Yeah, well, they they yeah, do like a whole pupils. thing with the pupils yeah. because yeah. later on when Boss Baby reverts to just like baby brain, yeah, uh, when he like doesn't have his formula, yeah, then his pupils get really big, right? Yeah, but then when when he's like in like intelligent mode, yeah, then they're smaller. Yeah, but like so Tim's the, the are pupils like, are a storytelling device. Oh, I see. Ooh. I see. Yeah, well, I mean, but Tim's are always like a little bit like he's just dropped like three tabs of acid before he's <laughs> oh, talking to anyone. <laughs> Which would explain, I think, honestly, I a lot of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the baby is wearing, boss, boss baby is wearing garters. And, sock garters, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Sock garters. And it's, I know that was used a lot for the sequel's advertising campaign. It's where it was casual, a casual Friday. Where he's staring like into the camera with his legs like up over himself. And I just, I have to say, this Very is disturbing. weird, right? This yes. is bad. Yeah. We, I, I don't, I don't care for this. There's a few choice. of these little things that make me uncomfortable. Um, Another similar beat is where uh timmy is waiting for his parents to come in and read him his bedtime story he prepares two flutes uh from which to drink milk and puts the milk in like a champagne bucket full of ice and it's like is he waiting for his parents to come fuck him i don't like this this makes me uncomfy blackbird is 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 a seminal getting it on song but again it goes back to that thing of who is this for who are right. you trying to target? Obviously, this is a winking thing for the parents to be like, oh, it's like the champagne at a hotel. But then your brain immediately goes to again, like that's yeah, it's got a sexual connotation. That, that's weird. Like that's just that that that's not funny. That's just gross. On another yeah. angle of who is this for? During this montage and during the party that we see with the other babies, the dad has a camera that uses a fucking flash cube. He's got like oh. an old film camera. We're in Brian's photo corner. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> We're the, back. And the kid. Well, I want to I want to go even further from this. Apparently, the movie mm. is set in the 70s. I don't know if there's any point where they explicitly say that. But the kid. The 70s? Oh, yeah. It didn't feel like I the 70s. The cars, it, That's a I guess? 70s camera. Because sure. it oh, still and doesn't no have a scene on flash. Wait, there and, is, but there are cassette tapes. I know. Yeah. I know. This I is thought what, it was the, what, the 80s. It's got to be the 80s. But he's also doing, you know, he's got Viewmaster discs, which stuck around. But he yeah. has a four track cassette player that is really important. But again, the kids watching this movie, hell, even a lot of the young parents watching this movie right. have no fucking point of reference for any of this shit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this for? Whose children are they? I feel like this movie would be infinitely improved if the baby didn't talk. 
And I yeah. know that's sort of a wild thing because we can't set up anything. But like if it really was just Tim inventing all of this stuff yeah. in his own mind, I do think the film would be dramatically improved because yeah. this entire first sequence where we meet Boss Baby and he like throws money at Tim to go get him a spicy tuna roll. Right. <laughs> is is just so baffling to me like my it, it it fully sort of breaks the movie in half for me yes and i i don't think there's really any coming back well for, uh, for, yeah. right for well because it's the thing where they they invite us to interrogate how baby core works mm-hmm. where where in baby core in the sky do they do they have like restaurants and stuff like, like, like how does that world function? Right. It seems like they have like, office. <laughs> they, right, yeah. they live in their offices for eternity. Which is, and, it, it, and I think that's fine as long as it's an imagination concept rather than a real right. grounded world. But you can't have it both ways. Yeah. And like you pointed this out, Patrick, the ideas that we're talking about are not for a feature length movie. These are better ideas for what to make, but it's probably not going to be any longer than like the first last, uh, than like the first land before time, right? It's going right. to be an hour right. long. It should go straight to video. And that just doesn't really, that's not, that's not a viable yeah. market for it's what they're doing. It's not the mid nineties anymore. Yeah. 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 You got to make right. a franchise. And, and, and there's still a thing. And I'm like, I really try not to be the kind of person who just like picks apart the logic of things and be, and uh, because that's, you know, that's not the most important thing about a movie, but Ding. again, right. it, <laughs> Oh God. Uh, but it makes such a point of establishing that like, okay, there's a fantasy mm-hmm. world, but then there's a, a very literal reality yes. and a mythology yeah. and here's all the rules of it. And then you just start wondering like, do his parents do, do boss baby's parents put his suit on every day does he have multiple suits right. did he come right. with suits like he just came home from, from the hospital right although right. he showed up in a taxi um, yes but like he shouldn't be able to even really like grab things yet right and yet he's carrying a briefcase right right yeah it, 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 do, do they think anything is weird about i this? think all yeah. of this too is like <laughs> us talking about this right now probably sounds pretty silly if you're listening to this because you're probably like who cares but yeah. that's exactly the point who cares yeah they the movie up, invites it yeah they invite it because they are setting up a number of rules that we are expected to understand and follow in order to be able to track the plot if they right. were deliberately leaving this as all being sort of abstract and silly then it wouldn't matter. But we are expected to be as invested in Boss Baby's conflict with Baby Core as we are expected to be in what should be the true heart of the story, which is Timmy being unwilling to have a baby brother, right? That ought to be the core of it. But it's not. There's this fucking right. story where Timothy wants to prove that the babies are able to talk because not only is Boss Baby able to talk, so are all of his baby colleagues this again goes right. back to yeah, the thing all of, of the they, neighbors. Isn't yeah. it that these are also the the babies of other puppy co employees and they're right. all friends? Yes. yes. Through work? Are they yeah. also boss babies? But that's are they the also question. part of the same like infiltration I can't tell scheme? if they are boss's baby because also if they <laughs> were, baby. they would presumably <laughs> wear Josh. suits. And we've also <laughs> learned that if you are just sent down, if, if these children coming down are just normal babies, they yes. lack the advanced like higher level IQ and thinking that differentiates a regular baby from a boss baby. Yeah. So 
are these bosses baby who are undercover like as regular well, babies? Are they drone babies? I don't <laughs> like that well, you that, say bosses baby. I just need that on the record. I hate it. <laughs> well, this is also the thing because they do establish that when the when the boss babies uh, boss baby, baby. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, Thank you, Patrick. when they don't drink their formula, right. they just revert to like the intelligence of a normal baby, Correct. as right. in just like spitting and like you see later on, uh, boss baby doesn't have he like runs out of formula and like reverts to just like a a, a regular like goo gooing like spitting crawling baby who can't do all the stuff that he does right right and um and so if these other babies can talk then presumably they're also they have the special they have access formula. To the formula right right and right. and it's just the weird thing because like there's a big there's there's a chunk of the movie where Timothy our our main character yeah. he is just he records audio right of the the boss's baby yes uh in a meeting and yes. has pr- and have tangible evidence that they can speak right which is a weird thing and is uh, mm-hmm. also speaking with like adult voices right yes um, yes and and is wants to show his parents to prove it to them but it's the thing that i just keep wondering about i'm, I'm just like but if they're not weirded out by this baby wearing a full like business suit and carrying a briefcase yeah. Like, why is the speak the speaking just doesn't seem like that much of a jump beyond that? Well, and there yeah. are inconsistencies too in how this sort of like next sequence presents the rules of the universe because um, Timmy's alarm clock can talk to him. Uh, it is sentient, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Like um, we it, said before, it's Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings, right, and he just right. says a bunch of Gandalf lines: "Fly, right. you fools." Right. Uh, yeah. You shall not. You pass. shall not pass. Basically, says just those two. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but like again, the the boss baby and the other babies with whom he is in cahoots uh, all have the advanced intelligence. This is also how we learn that Baby Core, the company that Boss Baby works for, is in competition with Puppy Co, a company yes. that is that trying, exists on Earth that again. exists here on Earth that Timmy's parents work for, and the point of Puppy Co is to make puppies. And if there are too many puppies, then people won't care about babies anymore because the puppies, they're going to stop having babies because the puppies are too cute. And that means that there can't be babies anymore, which is also like you could use this, the metaphor here to be like, yeah, this is how a family gets along, right? You get a new sibling, you get a new pet and, and here are the difficulties of of that relationship and here's how you finally come that's together. That's what I thought but they no, were going like, to no, do. No, fuck the puppies. We are going to kill all of them. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's also strange because it sort of establishes that like the only reason that humans have babies is to have a cute thing. Right. Yes. Right. To, to enjoy. So if there's a, a puppy that is cuter than a baby could be, then people would just be like, fuck having a baby. Let's just get that puppy instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it also, it just quantifies love and cuteness into like very capitalistic structures, mm-hmm. which I think is very interesting that it's it's love is a finite resource and not as like an ever expanding thing, which I think ultimately the point of the movie that ends up at is like, oh, no, of course not. Of course, love isn't that right. there. You know, there is there'll always be an abundance of love for anybody who wants it. But it does spend a lot of the movie being like, no, no, no. But like baby core is doing good work. Like right. they're actually fighting the good fight here. Well, again, if that stuff were all presented as like, you know, 
Timmy's really like hyperbolic yes. fantasy yes. sequence yeah. and yeah. all this exposition was was being shouted in a really stylized way mm-hmm. like we would look at that and be like oh of course this is made up kid nonsense right. because yes. that's a kid's way of processing this yeah. but it's established instead as like the the very hard reality and here are like yeah. boss baby might as well be an adult <laughs> who is just explaining <laughs> right. these, these rules in a very adult way all that changed when the puppies began coming out with new designer models each one more more adorable than the last. It's all, another strange thing too is that these babies, these other babies, which are presumably yeah. boss babies, because regular babies boss cannot baby. talk. Uh, yes, Josh, it sounds like they are babies belonging to a boss. That's yes. another level of confusion that, frankly, I admire. No, they're bosses who happen to be babies. They're like attorneys general. They're bosses, yeah. baby. Yeah. Um, yes, <laughs> they are speaking with like children's voices. Now they're not child voice actors; they're adults doing children's right. voices. But it's it's in stark contrast to. Alec Baldwin yes. doing Alec Baldwin's voice. Yes. The Chewini. Try to say Chewini without smiling. Chewini. Not possible. Don't waste your time. Like uh, they're not. It's not like they got Jeremy Irons or like <laughs> you know. Which, or, which, could you imagine? Or like Lucy Lawless funny. or something. You know, like right. just like great like authoritative voices, which they sh- again should have done. should have done if they wanted to commit to that rule. Exactly. And then when they yeah. do their meeting, they all take off their little onesies and they're also in suits and, right. and you know, pantsuits or whatever. Like, right. So they are. So they are, I, I guess, undercover. Um, they, they've just come, not him because he he's not a team player, I guess. Right. He has to learn a, how to be a team player. I think that's what he learns by the end. Is of the sure? yeah. 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 I don't okay. know. That's what I learned. This crisis of like, because apparently Puppy Co. is going to launch a new puppy. Yes. yes. That's the thing companies do. They, they create a new animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're going to create a this new chimera puppy. that they're unleashing upon North America. <laughs> right. And, and so Boss Baby has been sent there to lead this team to try to stop the re- the announcement of this new puppy like the world right. can't know about it right. um because then people will stop caring about babies and i'm just wondering like if this is such an emergency for the entire baby core mm-hmm. organization like this yeah. like nothing else matters like this is their right. top priority why is it all down to this one single baby to right leave? like shouldn't every yeah. baby on earth be like mobilizing <laughs> to take care of this like because like yeah an army you, of you babies these, right you, yeah, you have these moments where Boss Baby is, you know, is like yelled at by his superiors and stuff like that. And right. also, again, he, he's really much more of like a spy baby than a boss. The boss thing mm-hmm. kind of goes away mm-hmm. after that one montage, and then it's mostly just like he's undercover. Yeah, yeah. It, but, it's funny you should mention that Patrick. undercover boss. Uh, there, there, there's some there's some <laughs> facts I dug up that that will actually play very much into that a little bit oh, later. Fantastic. But please go on. Yeah, it's not like they have missions of equal importance going on everywhere. Like right. this is it's all about right. this. And I'm just like, this seems just like. If these babies are so smart, this is a really bad way to handle it. Yeah. Just send this yeah, one well, they guy sent, down and put it all on him. And they sent middle management, right? It's not even right. like yeah, the, that's bo- true. the boss baby coming down. It's it's just some guy. <laughs> no, because like, here's the surprise, folks. The, that poster, the boss baby, that title refers to Steve Buscemi. His name yeah. is Francis Francis. Uh, he is the CEO of Puppy Co. And unfortunately, that's a me bit. Naming a CEO Francis Francis is absolutely a commercial that they stole from me. Uh, we find out that Francis Francis is the CEO yes. of Puppy Co. And he looks, he, his, his like character is modeled in this very peculiar mm-hmm. way. Like he doesn't look like any of the other adults 
in the film. There's like right. something super, super hyper-stylized about him. And you're like, hmm, they're wanting me to clock something here. Right. And, you know, right. honestly, I didn't expect there to be like this level of storytelling of even just like foreshadowing. Yeah, no, keep, <laughs> Do you that, know? keep like, that flag pl- planted in the back of your brain, listeners, because that's going to pay off later on, I guess. Y- um, sure. Back to the yeah. point of, uh, though, the, th- the the situation, too, with the the, the babies, uh, the bosses, the bosses' baby. The Hugo uh, bosses' babies. Who are all there the together uh, trying to plot out, you know, how they're going to defeat the puppies. God damn it. Um, <laughs> they, they, so Timothy has been recording their meeting, right? And yeah. so Timmy then needs to get the tape. That is, I guess, proof that the babies can talk to his parents, but he is then intercepted by these babies driving different toy cars. And this is a full action set piece. Here's another situation though, where the rules of the universe are unclear in yeah. one shot. You've got, you know, what seems to be happening in Timmy's imagination where like, you know, fucking boss baby is hauling ass in this car, like around the corner and they're like chasing. Mm-hmm. But then a parent looks out the window. Oh, he's being dragged behind it. Being dragged down. Down, which is a car. very funny visual in this moment it seems that the rule again grounding everything is in yeah. timmy's imagination he's having these big grand fights with these diabolical bosses baby whereas in real life they're just babies and he is you know doing this thing in his mind but then a little bit later, we get another shot after the chase has concluded where there's like broken glass everywhere. There's been a gigantic explosion. Yeah. If there's something on fire and the parents see this. So it's like, what are the fucking rules here? I can't trust anything. Yeah, no, it really doesn't make any sense. And I will say the animation for the action sequence, I think is actually very, very well done and very exciting. I, yeah. I love I love when the big baby runs headlong through a fence, like undeterred, and then runs back through the same fence. It actually uh, contrasts very strongly with Minions, which we talked a little bit about how the action sequences in Minions have a tendency to feel really inert. There's yeah. like not a lot of weight there. Um, yeah. it, things just kind of like flop around. Whereas this, you have a real sense of weight and acceleration and movement. I thought it really feels like kinetic. Like mm-hmm. you can tell that the animators behind this have a lot of skill and really thrive in the sections where there isn't a lot of dialogue and there isn't a lot of lore to go around. Um, I mean, eventually Tim, uh, gets the upper hand yep. by, and he uh, decides to kill the baby. Yep, and he decides to kill the baby. Just, uh, <laughs> Straight I up mean, murder. They do have that one gag where he, uh, Boss Baby is in his little like kind of like like bouncy uh, yeah. like like swing thing in his bedroom that yeah. he's like suspended from where like it's like the little like he puts his legs through and like sits in the swing but then it has like like little bungee cords mm-hmm. that, yeah. so he can kind of, kind of bounce around yeah and Timmy straight up like pulls him <laughs> yeah, he's way gonna back, like, launch like, him out the window and, and kill window. him and then. And then doesn't it happen where like uh, Boss Baby gets out, but then like the tape launches out the window and lands in the road and gets run over by a car immediately, telling us that Timmy came extremely close to straight up murdering his brother. Yeah, Yeah. so he gets in trouble. He gets grounded for a a couple of weeks and then he has to get along with the baby. And so it's like, okay, here's where the rest of the movie is going. No, they get along immediately. No, (laughs) like if like he's just like, look, I'm going to leave. If you just help me yeah. finish my mission and then it'll yeah. be back to normal. And so I didn't really like this movie overall. Yeah, I did find like the times when it just focused on being like about 
siblings learning to get along uh when i actually got yeah. back to like the point of the movie and also it's like even like a classic like buddy movie dynamic yeah. of like two people who are very different and don't like each other eventually they learn to get along like right. when it just yeah, did yeah, yeah. that stuff which has worked in fiction for like all eternity right 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 like, yeah. like, like, that's why i'd be like oh oh okay that, that this like i'm like more engaged by this because it like it sort of fundamentally works like oh they kind of have like a a similar goal in mind so they are you know they have like an uneasy alliance okay that that uh, that makes a lot more sense than everything we've watched for like the previous 15 minutes yeah agreed well it's it's almost as if two guys who seemingly have very little in common and much at odds growing together over the course (laughs) of an adventure is like the fucking cornerstone of all American literature. Right. Like, and we talk about this film being American, like decidedly American. Like it, this is where I think it really shines. And then it just escalates because, uh, Alec Baldwin gives Timmy a pacifier. I want you to suck it. You suck it. No, it's for you to suck. I'm not sucking that. Suck it. I I (laughs) did not like this. This gave me the it. Well, it was so jokes. egregious. Yeah. It was so egregious. I didn't like to, I didn't like seeing a baby tell a child to <gasps> suck it. That's just I, yeah. And so they suck it, and uh, <laughs> they're <laughs> teleported to a magical world. Uh, we we finally get to see. But baby they're also core. it's like they're not fully teleported. It's almost no. like holograms yeah. no, of them. It's it's the metaverse. They yeah, projects are coming soon. Yeah. 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 It's Web but three. Yeah. yeah. But what they also establish <laughs> is it's also they're not going to like a virtual simulation of baby core. It no. is what's currently there. It, it it's exists the real in the collective yeah. unconscious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause, well, because there's yeah, a moment yeah. when uh, Boss Baby's boss, the like, boss walks baby. through them, the Boss Baby, and she's you know talking about how, like how he's gonna be like fired or whatever if he doesn't finish his mission, yes. and to like right. like underline the stakes there. Um, but yeah, like, like no one can see them, but they can see everything. This was yeah. also where I had made the note of that a lot of this is really visually imaginative, and I just wish they'd done a cute wordless yeah. animated short. There's so much stuff here that's yeah. fun. Right. Because like when it's short, little, you just like, basically get to do look out for Mr. Stork. When it's a long movie, they're just like, what if we give it all of the mythology of the fairly odd parents? But there's so many like fun little sight gags here, which worked for me in a way that Minions didn't work. Like Minions, again, tried for some of these sight gags, but I don't think they had quite the specificity. Yeah, there are also land. references in Minions um, mostly, right? Th- this yeah, one it's is always less, like a pop, right. which is like, which is interesting because yeah. that's like the thing DreamWorks gets gets nailed the most Criticized is that for. they're always yeah. just doing yeah. references it's like you're watching madagascar and then all of a sudden he's doing the final scene from planet of the apes and you're just like oh uh, sure okay i mean w- right. to, uh, to be clear we still do get that yeah oh yeah we do just get sure. a raiders of the lost dark sequence yes yeah oh yeah, 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 yeah. but it's, it's not just that and i feel like the right. illumination stuff is only that <laughs> I, I i particularly really liked where like there is the huge fucking office where there's just rows and rows and rows yeah, of cubicles yeah. that all of the sort of like mid-level bosses baby yes. work in um the way that they shot that the way that it sort of elevates and then it pans up and it zooms over it again motion like the way that the animators have a strong sense of style and motion and what looks good in motion comes through frequently in this movie in a way that really surprised yeah, yeah. Me. and it the payoff because throughout the film uh alec baldwin's character has just been 
uh, collapsing unconscious for like different kinds of naps because as a baby, he's still prone mm-hmm. to naps. And you get a really good payoff for that here when they're walking through an entire section and they're like, sector six, nap time. And every baby just falls unconscious like at once is, is a really lovely Funny side. You know what it kind of reminded me of too, in terms of like other visual comparisons, is some of the world building in Monsters Inc. When you start to Uh see sort of what those Mm. rooms look like in the, you know, Nightmare Factory or whatever. I think it's also because Monsters Inc. is when Pixar really nailed down what its visual style was going to be for many of its movies, including like The Incredibles going forward and DreamWorks and uh, Illumination as well. If you look at Despicable uh, or uh, Minions 2, uh, have just decided to do the same thing. Yeah. It's like, it's the 70s. Here, Here's this really flat sort of um, graphic design art style that we're we're throwing into mm-hmm. uh, this movie. It yeah. also didn't occur to me until you mentioned it that how indebted this movie is to Monsters, Inc. in terms yeah. of, oh, it's yeah. another buddy dynamic mm-hmm. with one little guy and one bigger guy. Yeah. And also this weird, bureau- like made up bureaucracy. Right. <laughs> Uh, that exists like to explain an aspect of like our real world and a villain right? played and- by Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> you shit. Yes! Wow. Yes. Huh. Do you think that was it? Do you think at some point they were just like, I think you know, so. Maybe yeah. it, it wasn't even because of like, like, you know, Spacey being like a bad person or anything like that. They were yeah, just yeah. like, you know what? What if we do, let's just get the guy from Monster Inc. Let's just go yeah. that extra step. The stakes are as such. Boss Baby hasn't been doing enough to combat the spread of puppies. So he is at risk of getting fired from his post with the Templeton family. And if he fails, they will take away his supply of the formula that keeps him to be an, an intelligent boss baby and he will instead be transformed into a normal baby. I feel like I'm having a stroke. <laughs> right? Can you imagine explaining this to someone who hasn't seen this movie? I mean, like, yeah, we kind like, of are. We're doing it right now, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, but, but also to investors. Can you like go to the studio and be like, okay, listen, here's what we're doing. <laughs> I, I honestly admire it. I admire it for taking the big swing yeah. because it is nice to see that sort of thing, particularly, you know, by DreamWorks, which has its sort of like uh, this reputation for just cranking out pop culture stuff like right. to create yeah. an entirely new different IP and you know for most of its creation it was flying under the radar mm-hmm. right for the whole six years there are other bigger projects how to train your dragon and like finishing off the Shrek franchise Puss in Boots which this director also directed that like that it was able to sort of like build its own little world and so I appreciate that it's just such a baffling world yeah. that is so much fun to well, talk about. Well and I think I think again so much of it comes back to the visual thing because when Boss Baby's explaining that Timmy if you fuck this up I'm always going to be there we have what I think are my favorite 45 seconds of this movie where oh. he's talking about because again this is just pure animation this is pure style where he's like every night at dinner I'll be and then the boss baby's head rises covered in goo out of a, a like a, a bowl. Every birthday party, I'll be there. I'll be there. Every Christmas, I'll be there. The ornaments have turned around and become heads. It's just like, like Christmas ornaments. Visual, yeah. really, ah, I, I did not expect to like all of this visual stuff as much as I did. I thought that the animation was so fucking clever well just got boss pills no i didn't i didn't like this movie it's just that there were moments where i was so impressed with the craft that the animators were able to pull out of this bad bad thing 
Yeah. I, I took the note here that all babies are Republicans, question mark. And mm. uh, what's funny is that then it's that's later proved in the TV show where they comment on Tim. Be, it's like, oh, I didn't know your brother was a liberal. <laughs> and <it's, laughs> the babies do this. The yes. babies do this. Yeah. Good. There is also at the beginning of this sequence, uh, Boss Baby has some line about like, like, do you want to see where like where babies come from? Right. And, and and Timmy has some line like, well, my parents told me that there was this other thing and like whispers it to him. And he's like, Ew! and he's like, yeah, I didn't right. believe it either. Yeah. Which, again, like, why are you continuing to undermine the basic premise that this could right. partly be Tim's imagination? Like he knows he knows at least some basic medical reality of the reproductive process. So w- weird question. But yes. has anyone seen the movie Storks? No, no. Because I haven't, I haven't either. But I, uh, but that was also one that involved a kind of what seemed like, based on the trailer, like a literal, made-up mythology to explain the origin of babies. And I'm mm. just, I'm more curious right now about storks than I ever was before, <laughs> just yeah. because I'm like, that's the boss I don't baby. Know. Yeah. I, I kind of want to compare and contrast like different animated movies because well, it came out the year before. Oh. Yeah, like how yeah. do they explain the origin of babies? And also, it does make me wonder if Timmy's parents at least believe that sexual reproduction is where babies come from. Right. Does that have any connection? Well, she's to shown being pregnant court? early in the movie. Right. So, like, what happened I, to that baby? I don't, <laughs> I don't. Get it? Is it? Is there some like weird conspiracy where like there is no like I don't know. Their stomachs just inflate, but there's nothing in them, and then they like use their memory wiping thing to then just like uh like on like everyone at the hospital when she goes there to give birth, and then the baby just appears. What a cruel thing! Because then the mother still has to go through labor, but there's nothing in there, right? Mm. But then also in spoilers <laughs> for the final scene of the movie. <laughs> but then we see an actual newborn baby at a hospital, right? That's also wearing the suit, and I don't, <sighs> I don't get it. I'm so. I, so I, I want to baby should not be this confusing. I want yeah. to pull us back from uh, going the down this impossible so logical hole. Boss baby takes yes. Tim down the hall of all the previous the boss babies. Uh, the which, boss's baby. The yes. boss's babies. The Bond boss's baby. The boss's baby. <laughs> these so, are so, the actual bosses. Yes. yes. These are like the the grand poobaba yeah. babies. Uh, they, we see that one of them, uh, super colossal big fat boss baby, who is a predecessor to boss baby, which means Correct. over time they've just been simplifying the name of boss baby. Correct. You think they would start with boss baby and then go outwards from there Add with modifiers, the adjectives. Yeah. But in fact, it, they seem to have been consolidating ever since, uh, refining and editing. Right. Uh, and this 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 particular boss baby looks a heck of a lot like the CEO of Puppy Corp. <gasps> oh, 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 oh! Alec Baldwin's character's boss then walks down the hall. Have we heard anything from that little boss baby that we sent down to the Templetons? I don't know. You're fired. Oh, no. You're all fired. <laughs> the pet conviction is in two days. If he doesn't come up with answers, he's fired. Retired. Gone. Okay, doors up. So will they be able to do it? Will the babies be able to stop the puppy convention? Will we make our way through the rest of this fucking episode without losing our goddamn minds? Dear listener, 
You're just going to have to wait until after the break to find out. Yeah, and I'd like to set up this break if I could, uh, because obviously I, I did a lot of research into mm. the Boss Baby oh, no. going into this. Oh, the filmmakers wanted to give the Boss Baby a theme song. So the creators of the film uh, hired a man uh, by the name of Dr. Samuel Bolch, GDS, who <laughs> longtime fans of the podcast remember as yeah. being a dentist Long from Island Long dentist. Island, yeah, yeah, yeah. who uh, did a bunch of lyric punch-ups for uh-huh. several hit Broadway shows. Right. Um, and he brought in uh, his good friend, uh, Dame uh, Shirley Bassey, to record <laughs> a demo. And uh, folks, I got that demo. Oh, and boy. I think it will be abundantly clear why they didn't use it. Enjoy. All right, we are back. And for those of you just tuning in on our live radio <laughs> podcast, we are joined How here. How have we never made that joke before? I don't know. But we are joined by Patrick Willems, professional lumberjack hmm. and video essayist. <laughs> oh, wow. That actually broke him. Patrick. Yep. I wasn't ready for that one. It is so rare that people know about that and uh and i didn't expect that you would be one of the people who knew about that so yeah well is this like a dexter thing for for our listeners at home my boss my adult boss my boss adult large adult boss uh, is an old friend of patrick's and i'm just going to drop certain phrases that he's uh conditioned in me in order just to torture him yeah great 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 that's what Uh, podcasting is what if you what have you found out from the boss baby wiki because i know you've been (laughs) 
<laughs> diving deep into the depths of it. I like that we just blew on past the lumberjack thing without yeah. needing to. Do you want it. to? I mean, do if you, you want, want to, to explain it? Go for it. I, I you oh, know. Oh, it's very easy. Yeah, sure. Uh, one of the first movies I ever made in 2004. Uh, when Whoa. I went to high school yes. <laughs> with, with Brian's boss uh, uh, was, was a movie called Patrick Willem's Aspiring Lumberjack. Ah, oh, wow. And, uh, and, and, then, and then I made a, 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 I tried to make a very ambitious sequel that was never completed. Okay. Called Patrick Willem's Aspiring Lumberjack Part De Axes of Fury. <laughs> oh, that's a good title. I mean, yeah. Not you completed even shot yet. footage for the uh, the also never made uh, third movie, which Ooh. is going to be uh, part trois, <laughs> Axes of Evil. Oh, oh that's hell even yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Patrick, are you telling me with all that nebula money that you're rolling around in, you can't you <laughs> can't that, finance money? You can't you can't finance two more movies? Come on. I mean, the thing is, I have gotten a green light on the next like narrative film I want to make, so hmm. I guess nothing is truly stopping me Ooh. from just radically course correcting and being like you know what i'm throwing out the thing i was working on i'm just <laughs> yeah. gonna go and and finish the movie that i tried to make in the fall of 2004 yeah that was never completed 19 years later this is your time yeah i bet i bet look we'll just assemble the same cast we yeah. all yeah. totally look the same yeah get the gang um, back together absolutely yeah yeah, yeah exactly. well actually the, the the really funny thing is right now as we are recording this i'm literally uh looking out the window at where we shot basically that entire like all the existing footage <laughs> oh, that's so oh, wow the location's still there there you go um yeah anyway uh that's that explanation um yeah but getting back to important things yes. like uh, yes. like the boss baby the lore yeah um so yeah i've been i had the thought a few minutes ago i was like is there a boss baby wiki? I bet there is. <laughs> there has there to is. be. There yeah, simply yeah, must yeah. be. Yes. I, I hoped. I was really hoping it would be like a super detailed one. It's mm -hmm. there are there are some entries that still need to be created. Mm, but sure, uh, sure. but one important. Uh, I did answer one question that we had earlier. Uh, mm. According to the boss baby wiki, which I would imagine is made by the biggest boss baby fans yeah, out there. The, yeah, the, 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 the baby heads. heads. Yeah, the yeah. boss um, heads. Apparently, the movie is set in the nineties. Not the 70s, not okay. the 80s. This the openly 90s. contradicts the IMDb trivia page, which has never, never been wrong oh, before. Oh, interesting. You know, I, <laughs> never I, once. I, uh, as someone who has their own IMDb trivia page that is like 80% factually inaccurate right. information, right. Sure. I'm going to trust the Boss Baby Wiki over okay. the IMDb trivia. Okay. I think that makes fair. sense. Because that is really where the heads are going to gravitate toward, I think. Like IMDb... Right. That's just for that. That's pretty basic. That's just for your casual boss baby fans. Whereas the boss baby wiki, that's where you go when you're ready to take your game to the next level and really yeah, commit exactly. to the lore. Yeah. Wait, yeah. now, now I'm curious. Uh, do you guys have IMDb pages? I do. Uh, oh yeah, both no. of us. Yeah. Josh, yeah, Josh yeah, does do movies. So the thing that happened with mine is almost all of my trivia facts that people added about me mm -hmm. are, are basically statements that were made on my currently on hiatus podcast that were almost all jokes oh, that, were, yeah. that are then written on the IMDb trivia right. as if they are serious facts. Oh my God. And so they oh, make me yeah. look psychotic. He's not actually a lumberjack. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> I, I wish they were just things like that. They, they get very strange. If we had like, if people wrote on our IMDb pages about established lore in this podcast, yeah. 
it would be. I'd be in jail. Fucking <laughs> I'd be in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Patrick, what is the wildest thing that's been said about you on your IMDb? Yeah. I kid you not. One of my IMDb trivia facts is uh, it says he and my real life friend Chloe Holgate both love muffins. I don't. Is that. Can they say that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know I don't if they know. can say that. Um, it's. <laughs> they did. I. Uh, it's okay. Well, here, here's one thing that's on there. Um, he wants to play Gary Busey in a the Disaster Artist style film about Point Break. <laughs> I, yeah, guys, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna say I don't really want to play Gary Busey. Oh, okay. In a movie, and I don't think I ever have mm-hmm. wanted to or said I wanted to. Um. I mean, you'd be great, Patrick. Let's just I mean, clear who, that who out. Who else would you'd you be get? a great Gary Busey. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no one else. There's no one else. Not, not, not like famously a son, perhaps, who looks just <laughs> like him. Sure. It's, it's, it's going to be me. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's really weird. So I'm just saying, be careful as people with a podcast yeah. that um, maybe you'll have listeners yeah. who will listen to dumb jokes you make and be like, Oh, that, that was a serious fact that the internet needs to know and then put it on right, there. Right. And yeah. uh, just, you know, for anyone to, to stumble across and find and maybe think about you. So they'll insist that I'm very good friends with the Pope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Has an endless a, uh, supply of his milk. That's what the formula for the, the boss babies is. That's true. It's so they, yeah. because and here's they're the Catholic. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because y'all were going on about how this was like a deeply satanic mm, film, yeah. but. Boss Baby confirms that Jesus Christ is real in heaven. Wait, what? I missed and, this. like oversees yeah. the company. Oh, wait, no, yeah, yeah, yeah that's like, right. That's yeah. right. I'm no ordinary baby. Well, no kidding. I'm on a mission from above. Are you the baby Jesus? Yes, I'm the baby Jesus. <gasps> no. You see, I'm more middle management for the company. Very strange little dialogue. He kind of rules over all of us. It's like one of those things where again, it's like, what? Who is this for? Like, what are you? <laughs> I mean, it, the, the film does. The film, like every once in a while, would just dip its toes in the water of like rampant conservatism, yeah. and then run like well, fleeing in the opposite. It's also direction. interesting because if you remember the men are from Mars, women are from Venus guy, who was a big deal in the '90s. Yeah, you know, he had the books, he had the public speaking sure, sure, engagements, sure. he had the board game. Also wrote a follow up when the money was drying up called mm. Babies Are From Heaven. Uh, as opposed, there's no dichotomy. It's just a simple. Well, there's just one, one one gender of baby, and it's baby. So obviously, you know, we all know that uh, Francis Francis was yes. originally known yeah. as Super Colossal Big Fat Boss Baby. But you're saying what were their names yeah. after they came down? I don't know that they did. did actually, that's another interesting. I will question. say, if you really want to have a fun yeah. time, just yeah. just Google Google <laughs> Big Fat Boss Baby. <laughs> I just see the uh, image. <laughs> not gonna. I'd rather not. Um, well, here we go. If you no, really want to have going. fun, go to deviantart.com. <laughs> search we're for not, that. We're not looking right. at baby inflation. Yeah. Uh, you think that baby can't eat another bite, but I can assure you. Baby Goku. Uh, so there is this whole thing where there's a take your child to work day. And I guess work is just this like uh, never ending convention center of puppies. Right. Also, again, because nothing ever makes sense in this fucking movie, the boss baby, sorry, boss baby is disgusted by the concept of take your children to work day. Right. Which as a child who goes to work, work, wouldn't the idea be that? He'd be all about it. That's his favorite thing. Right. Right. It's right right next to raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. 
Brown paper packages that, tied up with string. But work is for babies, right? Work is for babies and it's for adults. It's oh, not for it's kids. Oh, it's sort of like how capitalists <sighs> pervert the labor, labor, like labor value by subjecting it to, to wages, right? It's kind of like that. Um, yeah. Like a, a true, is a true, it, yeah, yeah. A true is it Marxist, like anything? <laughs> absolutely. True labor in the world of boss baby is that performed by babies. Adults have right. perverted labor into something entirely different and so it is only right. by returning to a standard baby based labor economy no, that we can no. truly be free from our shackles no. I think. I'm right too mentally ill for this guys good, good news <laughs> i found the list of yeah. uh of baby core leaders oh thank oh, you yeah, read us those names so we have big boss baby that's that's the current uh-huh. leader right. um former right. leaders yeah, yeah. are big super big boss baby Mega boss baby, mm-hmm. seriously okay. big right. boss baby, mm-hmm. big fat uh-huh. boss baby, and of course right. super colossal big fat boss baby, and then and right. then you know as we have at the end of this movie, uh, boss yeah. baby, the, the purest yeah. form. Right. How, how did this one the guy knee plus ultra <laughs> boss's baby is in fact boss baby? Himself. How did this 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 the one guy get like the purest? name like you'd think that the original very careful wait yeah. oh, actually now i'm yeah. gonna ask okay aj you've seen yeah. the second one do they reveal like yes. the origin is he like the reincarnation of the like og boss oh, baby? sort of like the christ in a way yeah i'm gonna be super honest with you i don't remember like <laughs> a, the second a, half apparently, of that movie maybe apparently in the tv show he becomes the boss baby Mm. Like by season yes. three, he has taken over control of the baby corporation. Okay. So it's sort of a season five of Angel situation. Is so is there gonna be a third movie that reveals the how Baby Core is founded? It's gotta be Jesus, right? It's going to be Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's got to be our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yeah. Come on. But but baby yeah. Jesus. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But he's gonna have like a crown of thorns or something. <laughs> and, and it's his blood that's in the formula. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. special sauce. Blood of Christ, a special sauce. <laughs> love that. Love that. But yeah, there is a third one in development. Uh, uh, it's still TBA pretty much across the board, mostly because yeah. they released uh, Boss Baby Family Business straight to Peacock as well. So it did mm. not do particularly well at the box office. So there's no real way to say whether it was a success or well, not. Well, you know, they of- did that the same thing with uh. Halloween kills and still yeah. made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's it's certainly like hidden. It's like it did it do good? Who knows? We'll find out. Right. Right. Well, so, I, I, yeah. I hate to I hate to pull yeah. us back into this, but we're back at the, the convention center. We're at the convention center. The There's convention a whole center scheme where like they a... get backstage. There, yeah. There's puppies on balloons that are floating yep. around. Yep. Boss baby dresses up in a in a costume as a puppy. That's actually what we <laughs> shot down over Alaska. Was a, oh, that's was a puppy balloon. Uh, I don't care for Puppy yeah. Co. Pete. There is a mascot yeah. for Puppy Co. Uh, that is mm-hmm. a, a very large man in disguise, uh, and uh, he gave me nightmares. Uh, I had to. Yep. I had to go and. Uh, I had to call my parents in. I prepared two flutes full of milk for them. I put it <laughs> oh, on ice. Right, right, right. Oh. You really are a child actor, AJ. And, and, they <laughs> sang us bla- and they sang me Blackbird. I am. And you know what? I deserve the best. You so do. You do. He, uh, they, they're able to sneak back in there and they uh, confront Francis Francis. Yeah. Although, you know, there's a booby trapped uh, little folder. Again, this is just this is just sure. Indiana Jones yeah. with the fucking, you know, uh, 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 idol. There is another clever little visual reference gag here where uh, pulling the folder starts a chain reaction. That's just mousetrap. It's just the game. It, it, it's, mousetrap. Yeah, it's not it's not something like mousetrap. 
It is just the sequence of events in the board game with the bathtub, with the diving guy, with the ball bearing. And again, it's like, oh, is this pointing toward an elevated world that exists in the imagination? No. No, no. but <laughs> whatever. In a better movie, maybe. Uh, yeah, so but I do like they, they're like, we should move. And it's like, I would too, but it's so captivating. Like, they're yeah. just so... Which is funny. The, the spot. The, yeah. These guys are animators. They could come up with their own gigantic Rube Goldberg machine. Why right. why were we not shown what, what the DreamWorks animators could come up with and instead just given straight up the crazy contraption? So the yeah, yeah so the, the puppy boss, the puppy CEO, turns yes. out it's Steve Buscemi. He yep. he got super colossal big fat boss he, baby. He himself. turned into an adult. Right. He uh, ran he out had, of formula. He has yeah. he has a younger brother, I guess named you or an older brother named. How Eugene. does he have a younger brother? How does he have a brother of any sort? I I, I really don't know. It, it, like, <laughs> The, my brain is it just like straight up breaks anytime I, I try to work out just right. the thing of like, like genetics mm-hmm. when it comes to this, like as, sure. in, as in are these babies like, do they share their parents DNA? I mean, they I don't, must. I don't if know his dad how looks they, like Alec Baldwin from Beetlejuice, then at least and he grows up to look like him. Right. He looks like it. But but again, it's like, how, how, how are the baby? Where do they actually come from? How are the babies formed? Yeah. I, how girl get pregnant? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Steve Buscemi lets out his plan. I'm going to get the puppy. I'm going to make an, an infinite puppy. We're right, making yes. puppies that don't grow up using right. using the baby formula from heaven. Forever yes. puppies, which is a terrible business model because you sell one business. You sell one. Yeah, no. What you want to do is do puppy as a service. Pass, yes. Where, you know, you are billed for the puppy on a renewing monthly or annual basis. Yeah. The Adobe yeah. puppy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Salesforce puppy. You also get your car warming uh, activated if you buy a puppy. Right. Uh, there's a bit in here where he makes his uh, uh, Francis Francis uh, screams Eugene, my chair and his brother just transforms into a chair for him to sit in and like contemplate his little like things. I thought that was very fun. Uh, a little fun visual uh, uh, flourish, but we get this very cool like storybook flashback of like his, of him getting like kicked out of baby yeah. core uh, because there's a board of directors also at baby core. Sure. Why who decided not? He should why be not? fired. Why the fuck not at yeah. this point? Why not? But what are they called if they're not the boss? Yeah. They're like it was, the a, it was board, a slings and arrows board babies situation. Bo- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this this doesn't matter. So <laughs> what we find is that there is a plan. They are going to go to the greatest city on earth and yes. unveil the forever puppy. And no, I don't mean Prague. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Las Vegas, Nevada, a place everyone yeah. likes to be around. We do and love we should, Las Vegas. And we should say yeah. that in the beginning sequence, there's a fantasy thing where like Tim's describing that his parents do marketing for Puppy Co. Right. And that they launch new products. And the way this is shown visually is that they have two keys to a rocket that literally launches the products all over the world. And so like you're like, I that's said, a fun fantasy. We shot it down over Alaska. Yeah. But again, that's a very fun it's fantasy. It's literally true. It's, it's a, a real actual rocket. concrete reality. Yeah. Yes. That launching something, launching these puppies means they shove a whole bunch of puppies into a rocket ship and they blast it off into space. Yeah. So great. Just like Leica. Great. Oh. Uh, oh. So <laughs> oh. no one buys the puppies. They just they scatter just them, them. Yeah. across the globe. Well, I think that's the yeah. idea is you just get rid of babies, right? Because people will get the puppies 
and right. then they won't want a baby. And that's his, so, his, his model is less about the business and more about not having babies anymore. Right. So his quest for revenge is, is just like overwhelming his sense of like his business acumen yeah. that he's, you know, he's been, he's been doing so well, making so much. This is, this like, is his buying Twitter. Yeah. It's, it's a terrible yeah, business yeah, decision, yeah, 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 yeah. but it's, it's to, to fulfill some goal that he hasn't totally sense. thought through. So really this movie is a really sharp commentary. Yeah, on it is. The yeah. Egos of billionaires. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really ahead of its time. Super anti-capitalist. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then we get some really great, um, a man dressed up like a lady, weird fucking like yeah, trans. So, yeah. so Mrs. Doubtfire so shows up. Pinky yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the, the brother. Uh, decides yes. that he's going to be a babysitter. Eugene. The parents are going to be going to Las Vegas and we get what should be the climax of this movie, right? It should be they, yes. they, oh, they outsmart him. They get out of the house and they intercept the parents as they're on the way to Las Vegas and they stop the, the puppy scheme from happening. As in, it should just be the climax of Toy Story. Yes. Right. Yes. But yes. instead that becomes, it becomes the, the lead into act three of the film. Yes. yes. And like this scene yeah. is fun. It's, you know, they do this fake throw up thing and they mm -hmm. they get on their bikes. And of course, the imagination stuff all sets in. He loses his training wheels. Mm -hmm. He does a big jump. And you see that, like, he needs Boss Baby and Boss Baby needs him. And they're both able yeah. to work together and and save the world of babies. the other babies provide an assist. The other boss's baby provide an assist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's some yeah. fun sight gags in here. You know, they, they get to the airport and they distract the security guard. And then you see, you know, their x-rays going through the fucking, you know, security uh, belt. Classic. You yeah. also have here uh, a, a running thing where now they've established that uh, boss baby is like, it, you know, when his formula runs out, then he right. reverts back to regular baby. And yeah. so sometimes, so they have like they have a little kind of like a, a, a real oh we need an act three break now yeah. where yeah. we drive the characters apart. I failed. I would have gone to my parents if I didn't have to go back for you. What? We would have been here in plenty of time if you knew how to ride a bike like a normal kid. We're never gonna stop the launch on time. Who cares? My parents are in danger. I care. Baby core is going to go out of business. Ugh, that's all you ever talk about. You don't even know what it's like to be part of a family. And you don't know what it's like to have a job. You don't know anything about hugs or bedtime stories or special songs. Oh, please, stop acting like a baby. You're a baby. <gasps> you take that back. My life was perfect until you showed up. Oh, believe me, kid, the feeling is mutual. I wish I'd never met you. I wish you'd never been born. And, uh... And, and, you know, they split up, but they don't really split up because Boss Baby does not leave the airport. He just yeah, goes right. to, like, the other side of the room. Yeah, that conflict is resolved in, like, two minutes. It really, at this point, the movie does feel like the epitome of, and then, and yeah. then, and then, <laughs> because Austin Butler shows up. Uh, and we get an extended uh, Baz Luhrmann dream sequence where they sneak yeah. aboard the plane as uh, Elvis Presley himself. We, we do have the classic thing of uh, small children on top of each other to like make the height of one adult. Yes. Vincent yes. Adult Which, yes. Two children yes. in a trench coat. I, I mean, it's yeah. always good. Yeah, no, no, that always works. And I love that they, they communicate exclusively in like... Elvis nonsense language yeah. and they, it, yeah, it has just, to be subtitled at the bottom yeah. is very funny. They're in the airport. They have um, finished their, they, they have, they have successfully concluded uh, their fleeing from a scary man in a dress, which 
really wild to see that in 2017. Yeah. Then again, it wasn't development for six years. <laughs> yeah, it was so. in development since 2011, and I feel like that was just a thing that kind of stuck around. But yeah, it's not great. When they get to the airport, then they notice a, a, a large variety of Elvi around, yeah. and uh, it I don't, is oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. It is these Elvi and the fact that they are, of course, on <laughs> their way to Las Vegas to do their yeah. Elvis impersonations. Yeah, that's but why they're like, oh but yeah. Again, we gotta- like what we're doing is we're just repeating what happened five minutes ago. There's no right. more detective work that needs to be done there's no more chef lock and wafson there's just more uh let's do the thing that we failed to do but do it successfully this time i like i like the second part because it, I, every time a new one comes out patrick falls just yeah. deeper and deeper into the hole of nostalgia <laughs> the the narrative momentum is is such a problem and it continues to be for the remainder of the movie like yeah, yeah. that sequence that they have aboard the plane because they get into first class and there's a joke like why is it empty well because nobody can afford it <laughs> um they yeah but it's not business class which i found to be right i mean it was right class, yeah. why wouldn't you put him in business class he's a Boss baby. Yeah. But yeah. And then they, they bond over imagination, right? Like it, t- this yeah. is the first time yeah. Tim's like, Hey boss baby, come into my world of imagination. Let's play pirates together. Heads up. You're fired. And here's your severance package. Ah! Wait, you're not supposed to end with ha. You're not. You're supposed to end with arg. Got it. Arg. And I found this sequence genuinely actually very, very effective. Yeah, I it's thought just, it was a lovely it, little bonding The problem moment. is at this point, it just starts to become padding. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, OK, well, we're on a plane. We have to do something better than that for the next three minutes while they're flying over. We this just, yeah. also should have happened earlier. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the that they have an, a time because right, the a, pirate thing ends up becoming important. Exactly. At the very end. Yeah. And this is yeah. also the first time that the two of them that uh, Timmy and, and Boss Baby have done imaginative play together. Yeah. Where they which is both, a funny because we kind of have that during the chase scene where there's yes, the part where, uh-huh. where Timmy has yeah. to exactly. Uh, also, again, to be clear, this is what literally happens. Uh, <laughs> they're on a bicycle and he goes. He drives off a ramp. And yeah. jumps over a moving train. Correct. Right. Uh, right. Which is also the climactic scene from the excellent early Robert Zemeckis movie, Used Cars. Um, oh, shit. Uh, also, the yeah, Spielberg then, movie, that, E.T. I was going to say, it recalls E.T. pretty <laughs> considerably in well. that situation. But yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but uh, again, yeah. a, uh, a child does a thing that would really kill most children. Yes. Uh, and it's, yeah. But... But to like make himself like accept what he has to to do, he like goes into fantasy world uh, with that. Yeah. So it's again, it's a thing where they're both involved in this fantasy sequence, but right, Boss Baby isn't doing the fantasy yet. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. No, Whereas now point. aboard the plane, he is. They need to uh, teach somebody to walk the plank on a pirate ship. Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. Again, all of this could have just been solved by just doing a whip smash over to Las Vegas. Right. Yeah, and- uh, truly. But we do get a very funny <laughs> line. You're, you're killing Patrick right yeah, now, yeah. Brian. <laughs> Uh, How do people know these words? (laughs) (laughs) It's so elegantly done. My God. We do get a very funny line of ladies and gentlemen and those in coach, Las Vegas. And I thought that I thought that was very clever. Um, Yes. It's probably, I think, the best bit of comedy writing in the the whole screenplay. Uh, But they land in Las Vegas. Uh, They manipulate a bunch of women on their bachelorette party to take them to the convention center by making it seem like they're 
uh, they've got TB, I guess. Yeah, they do. They do kind of like Oliver, like Oliver Twist kind of thing, right? Like, <laughs> please, sir. Could I have a free ride to the convention center? And they go, they make it to the convention center where the big puppy con is happening. There right. are sea monkeys that are real in this universe, real uh, animals that swim right. over. And, uh, uh-oh, it turns out we thought we had lost the uh, Eugene, who is the bodyguard, but it turns out he's followed them yes. to Las Vegas. Yes. As one of the Elvi, he is in disguise. Yes. Yeah, Eugene so Meltzner. The, the, chase, <laughs> the chase begins anew, and uh, they, they make their way towards the center where the big convention is happening, where the big unveiling of this dog yeah, so we get to we get effect. to watch a fucking keynote presentation. This is what the kids love. We're gonna launch a brand new puppy in every continent, in every country. We're going to take over the world, one heart at a time. Again, love you it. had we this perfect it. climax. You had the thing with the train and the and the water and the bicycle and everything like that. And now it's like we are watching the plan get carried out now. We're watching very but a like rocket now. Yeah, we're watching yeah, shit true. from a grown-up movie. But you don't get a rocket like doing fun rocket shit. It just sits there. It's just there. Yeah. <laughs> you could have the rocket be like commencing liftoff procedures the uh-huh. entire time. But they that's could not be the stuck case. in it's just the rocket. There. They could uh resolve the situation in space. That's true. A lot of lot of ways you could play this. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean, y- you could have just had the rocket launch happen back in wherever they start out like in their hometown yeah why is it in vegas right you could have it be that they need to shoot the rocket down they need (laughs) they needed this to happen on uncommon grounds from the rest of the movie right the thing is this movie is the credits roll at i believe the 87 minute mark and so i think this might have been a case where like maybe they originally pitched that where it happened earlier and there's like guys We can't, we can't do a 70 minute movie. We, we can't. We, go, we got to at least hit 80 minutes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then they, and then they're like, let's just add a scene like where they're sitting on a plane for a little while. Right. And, uh, <laughs> just chilling out. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, that has to be the explanation. Um, we haven't really talked about Steve Buscemi's performance in this, but I actually think it really does like match the character in a way that a lot of these animated movies, it's just like stunt casting of like famous mm-hmm. people. Including yeah. Alec Baldwin, I would argue. I don't think that yeah. the voice, that the face and animation of Boss Baby matches Alec Baldwin particularly well, even though I think he does do a pretty good job with the lines. Right. It just doesn't quite fit the character. Well, yeah. it's amazing because right. this was not written for Buscemi. Obviously, it was written for Kevin Spacey. Right. But I actually think Buscemi's voice fits this character better. I mean, for yeah. a whole bunch of reasons but like i think it's a pretty good performance in general i mean uh, we already talked about how you know buscemi is also like the villain in monsters inc but he just has a voice that like there's plenty of great live action actors uh who you know they get stunt casted into usually like dreamworks movies and then you realize like oh their their voice actually isn't that interesting once you take their like physical self away Yeah. Uh, yeah and and then you get this kind of like boring performance and Buscemi fits so naturally into animation yeah Uh, yeah, yeah. and and like and this character design like looks like he would sound like that like yeah 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 yeah, it's uh I I totally agree like like it even took me like like I didn't look at the credits ahead of time all I knew was Alec Baldwin and it took me like a minute to to clock that that was Buscemi just because it just it felt so natural coming out of this guy I was just like yeah. what yeah I, how do i know that voice it's like, well i didn't yeah. know it was buscemi as randall and monsters inc for for years 
Even right. as a kid who loved Fargo, I had I just <laughs> didn't have any clue that that was the same guy. There's just he's he just delivers. The man just delivers yeah. every time. Every time. Brian's parents would wake up at 6 a.m., walk out <laughs> into the living room and just see Brian, his face pressed to the TV, <laughs> watching Francis McDermott solve just all see these crimes. Sticking out of the wood chipper. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to minions for a second. Yeah. This is another situation where I think this movie succeeds where minions does not. Mm. Um, that even though we are using star casting here, the casting is largely at least better suited to who these characters are supposed to be. Yeah. And I think yes. that in direction, they get more interesting performances out of the actors as well. And that's probably because of the higher budget. Like they were probably able to keep the actors in the studio longer, give yeah. them more notes, get better deliveries out of them. I imagine. Right. Well, well, Minions probably felt like Sandra Bullock came in for like a weekend, yes. like uh, knocked out her stuff. Yeah, that's exactly. I think that we said it. exactly yeah, that. It really yeah. just felt like she she did the Bill Murray thing where it's like, come in. Right. You do one day of work as opposed to a movie like this, which took two years just to be written and then another four years for production where they yeah. kind of did more of the Disney thing where they've rewritten a scene. They've done this and that. So they have to call the actors back in. They have to bring Lisa Kudrow back in six months later, eight months later. It's also, I think it's funny that Jimmy Kimmel is the dad. Yeah. Because again, it's not, that doesn't really feel like stunt casting because usually if you were going to stunt cast with Jimmy Kimmel, it'd be like, oh, he's playing like a talk show host. Yeah. And yeah, he doesn't right. do a lot of acting. It's not just really. unusual. It's just like, why yeah. is he the dad? But I think he sits in it pretty nicely, actually. Yeah, yeah, like he actually, does, yeah. yeah he's pretty effective. Um, yeah. It's probably just like a kid's thing. Like he has kids and he wants to be in a kid's yeah. movie. So he's just like, tell his agent, get me in a kid's movie somewhere. I'd imagine. Right. But like it, I was actually really surprised because I saw Jimmy Kimmel was and I was like, oh, God, I mean, they're just you know, this is 100 percent stunt casting. And then you watch it and you're like, actually, it's, it's yeah. pretty good. I mean, he doesn't have a lot to do, but it, it, it looks like it matches the character model, which is actually mm -hmm. a huge ask, I think, in a lot of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. So then they launch the rocket or they're going to try <laughs> to launch the rocket. <laughs> well, they get all the puppies so out. The pu yeah, yeah, the that's rocket right. is full of, of the forever the puppies young puppies. First. Yeah. yeah, they kill a and man. So so what <laughs> happens to the puppies? Well, they just they're hang forever out, young. They get Don't to be played by they, they get to be played by Mel Gibson, who also yeah. has a history of interesting voicemails. And uh, <laughs> they get to uh, they become an invasive species. Actually, uh, it's like they the completely frogs in Australia. <laughs> yeah, they completely in the southern United States. Completely destroy the entire ecosystem <laughs> of the Greater Nevada area. That's right. That's right. And soon lead to our demise. Actually, The Last of Us is a sequel to mm. Boss Baby. A few oh. people know that. Yeah. Fallout New Vegas is a sequel yes. to Boss Baby. There it Baby. is. There Both it are, is. Actually, it's all the same universe. Right. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, they, they fucking unload the puppies. <laughs> the, sh the, the, the rocket launches. There's a moment where it's like, oh, no, is the Boss Baby, who now has just become baby again, is he going to get launched up into space? But then yeah. Timmy sings Blackbird, and so that charms the baby. Three. 
and the baby comes down. Who are these babies coming down? Yes. He comes back down. He gets a drip of the formula. He becomes boss baby again. The rocket ship launches into the air, and we're done, right? Well. Right? Well, and then where's the rocket going then? Like, also, it's lost all of its payload, so it's going to be launching even farther than it's supposed to. It's going to cause all kinds of of trouble with the trajectory. I mean, I'm not the physics police, but I am (laughs) concerned about the science here. It's going to Montana. Uh, it's oh, okay. going to it's going yeah. to Montana. It's going to get yeah. shot down over Montana. Is my understanding? Yeah. I, I think it's so funny, Brian, because I'm wondering, like, how many how many Willem's heads out there are going to catch all of these, and will be like just the uh, ones who went to high school with him. That is the thing about these references. These are not like oh these these are not obscure references to like the videos that I've made in my like. Mm. semi-professional career in the last decade. These are almost all references to high school. (laughs) Right, right, right. Things that I'm willing to bet none of your listeners are aware of at all. Like, well, no, what? it's great because this is for the boss, right? Yeah, this is a boss baby sad. episode yeah, that is that's just true. exclusively that's for, for the Brian's boss. boss. Exactly. It, Hi, Brian's boss. Yeah. <laughs> I Brian's hope you're enjoying our show. We'll, we'll have a great time. Um, list, I wish there was a video version of this podcast so he yeah. could see me have <laughs> reacting. <laughs> yeah. uh, Francis Francis gets thrown into a giant thing of formula and turns back into a baby, foreshadowing. For yeah. But he's a Francis huge baby Fukuyama now. has become an infant again and every yes. time you say francis francis i just i my brain keeps wanting it to be francis Fukuyama. <laughs> no of course puppies of course. are the end of history it is but, super colossal big fat boss baby though and he is super colossal it's a very 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 big baby and he hates puppies he screams yeah. about hating puppies right and his brother eugene who up until this point has been mute except for a bunch of growls and like like stammerings uh finally is able to speak <clears throat> this time we'll raise him right and is and is suddenly very eloquent. Yeah, it's so weird. Like he this basically seemed like a uh, like some kind of what's his face? Like is it uh, Lurch in Hot Fuzz? Yeah, like that that kind of thing. Yeah, the Yarp uh, Narp thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. And um, no, he's actually just a well-spoken, intelligent man who still is just a mindless who, who acts like a mindless slave to his brother. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, 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 but ne- but this time he's gonna raise him right. And this, so this moment that whole felt thing very Incredible Hulk to me, like like the old TV show, where, where like just Bill walking Bixby down the is just walking away with like a sad theme playing. Yeah, as they're hitchhiking down the roads of Vegas, <laughs> as the puppies ruin all the scorpion population. Yeah, so, what will happen to Puppyco now? So the movie's done now, right? It's it's over, right? Right? Uh, no. Unfortunately, unfortunately, no. there's like ten minutes left. Wait, the, the, sh- the actual what? climax what? has happened. <laughs> Like before yeah, we had a fake climax, now. this is a real climax. And, and no, we've decided that there's more has to happen. More has to take place. Yep. We have to have him going back to Baby Corp and getting his promotion. Yeah. Okay, so, they, so it's a over after largely it, wordless ten-minute epilogue. It's over after yeah. that, right? It's over after he gets his promotion. And uh, now no, he's no because baby, then the right? family, the Templeton family, yep. uh, yes, all played by Paul Lind. Rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> they get their memories wiped by okay. fairies. Oh, sorry, sure. babies with fairy wands because uh, sorry, minions the with parents. fairy wands. <laughs> minions. And they're all oh, wearing it's, it's, like hazmat suits from yeah. Monsters Inc. Right. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's and over after that, though, right? They're very because sweet, they've had, their, they've had the their memories wiped. It's over, nope, right? No, nope, because what? because we've brought the brothers apart. 
just like we oh. did 10 minutes ago. Oh. By the way, this is the last 10 minutes of the movie. Like yeah. going from the climax to the, the credit roll is another 10 minutes. And it, it, the thing is, it does not feel like 10 minutes. It goes on forever. No, you want to yeah. go home. I was home and I wanted to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I could not be more home than I currently was. Boss Baby comes to the realization that he doesn't want to be boss baby because he's just sure. so yeah. lonely at the top and there's a bit that they established earlier where they had like a counting abacus where mm. he was the boss baby was explaining like how there's only a finite amount of love and uh-huh. that once it's taken away from you it's going to all go to me yeah. and the same thing with the puppies and so Tim decides to send a letter to baby corp which Again, feels impossible. Does he have to make the letter like suck on the pacifier to get no, it? No, I think there? you just you just write baby core on it and it goes. It's like when you write a letter to uh, the North okay. Pole, it actually goes to Santa at the North Pole, you know? Yeah. Speaking of which, Alec Baldwin played Santa in Rise of the Guardians. There we go. DreamWorks um, picture. It, uh, this is also <laughs> paying off a flag that was planted in the first 15 minutes where Boss Baby talks about how important writing a memo is. Yeah. Um, right. That now what's happening is uh, Tim is out here writing a memo yeah. uh, to request the release of Boss Baby uh, back onto the earthly plane. Dear Boss Baby, I don't usually write very much, but now I know that memos are very important things. Even though I never went to business school, I did learn to share in kindergarten. And if there isn't enough love for the two of us, then I want to give you all of mine. He somehow gathered all the beads that go on the abacus in the entire world and they spill out over his desk and go down. And this causes Boss Baby to implode the entire business of Baby Core. He goes downstairs and, he destroys and says, there's pie love chart. for everyone and destroys the pie chart of love. He becomes nude. Correct. We didn't, even, we didn't even mention the fact that they blur out Boss Baby's dick. That's true. In every single shot of this movie. And it's just like, it's a baby. Who cares? By blurring it, you're implying that it's sexual. You're sexualizing right, it. Right, right, right. You like, could also it, just it, give it no dick, like a cute. Yeah, or just right? like, like yeah, or just like have him like have his back turned. Just like frame there's so the many shots other things so that you don't you just see exactly. full frontal nudity. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's so gross and weird. I just ah, it really it really rubs me the wrong way. Anyway, Boss Baby goes back to Earth. He's born. He's he's actually go- and is able to be brought back to the Templeton household, and he is a part of the family now. Except you know before. Tim was very apprehensive about this, yeah. but now he's exhilarated. Now they're having a great time. And now the movie is over, right? No. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, We're no. Now, now we get hell. a fucking epilogue after the epilogue where um, Tim is telling his daughter about the story of how he and how he came oh, to love and accept need, his brother. We need it explained. We need yeah. an explanation for why we had a narrator. So that's my story. Our story. Luckily for me and my little brother, it had a happy ending. Is that a true story, Daddy? Well, sweetie, that's how I remember it. But you know what I found out? What? There's plenty of love for everyone. Even me? Especially you. Just ask your Uncle Ted. Hey, kid, I hear you're going to have a baby sister. I wanted a horse. Here you go, kid. Go get yourself a horse. You know, I'm proud of you. Leslie. Back at you, Lindsay. Also, you don't see their faces? Yeah. Because this exists in a universe where you don't see adults' faces, except we've been doing that until now? I think they didn't want to commit to a design before the sequel, (laughs) is my guess. Also, maybe just imagining an adult version of Boss Baby would be 
too disturbing. Mm. Although uh, I mean, you Patrick, see the new sequel, don't you? Yeah, but they do it. Yeah, they you, do you, it, yeah, Google it. Google it right now and tell me your thoughts because he's also in the TV show. In the, the, this because there's two TV spinoffs of this, and in the in the first one, he's just a baby again, and they've retconned everything that happened. And then in the sequel series that came out after Family Business, he it it opens with him being investigated by the FBI for Excuse embezzlement. Me. Sorry, there are two different series. Yes, and also a Christmas special and also an interactive special. Netflix oh, really God. went all in on Boss so, Baby. So stuff. there's Mandalorian and there's Andor for the yes. Boss Baby. Yes, and then yeah. also Book of Boba Fett. Uh, yeah. it, is, it is a complete trifecta. Book of Boss Baby. The thing Fett. that you wouldn't expect is that the Boss Baby universe analog to the Mandalorian is actually the one that's really incisive and digs into capitalism. and Yeah, sort of yeah, it's effects. about violent revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ultimately. Um, uh, the, the final reveal it's is over. that... Then right. the final reveal <laughs> is that is that is that is that the dot uh, Tim's new daughter that has just come on the earth is also a boss a baby. boss baby yeah. uh, voiced by Amy Sedaris in the sequel. Uh, but for the oh, for, for this one, just takes off uh, her uh, whatever onesie her and reveals to yeah. be a suit and does a little wink, and then right. that's the end of Boss Baby. Thank the Lord, uh, we Patrick. Did it! You seem to be going through some sort of an existential experience right now. Can you can you tell us a little bit about what you're looking at? So I'm on IMDb right now, and I'm just going through the still images from Boss Baby Family Business. Mm. And every single shot of this involves characters I do not recognize. Yes. And it, there is so much happening. Yes. Like, in this one picture, there's like a little boy with a mustache. Yeah. Who seems to be... A little, oh, like a child with he's a like, mustache? Yeah, a, a, he looks like a child with a mustache. He's like wearing a weird headband. There, oh my God, there's so many new little like... There's they're ninjas. Not babies. They're just small children. Patrick, after this, are you going to go watch Boss Baby Family Business? Um, are you have, have you been intrigued enough by this movie to pursue the sequel and future <laughs> franchise of The Boss Baby? It's a thing where like, I don't think I'll enjoy the sequel. But mm. there is a part of me that wants to know what the fuck this is. Yeah. And so I'm not going to watch this tonight, but okay. I could foresee some point in the future if yeah. if I like, I don't know, my plans get canceled some night and I have I have the night free. And I'm just like, what if I drank a bottle of wine mm -hmm. and watched yeah. Boss Baby Family Business and yeah. finally found out what this is? I could see that happening. Yeah, I don't know I, when. I don't, it might never happen, but sure, sure. But it's but it is much more of a possibility now than it was before I watched the first one. I'm going to take that as a win. So we've covered both Minions and this, which I think are sort of of a piece with each other because they are sort of the uh, yeah, Pixar has for su such a long time held sort of the reins and Disney uh, ha have held the reins of like the animation world. And these are sort of offshoots of that, of different kinds of ways of uh doing children's entertainment. So I'm wondering, uh, specifically from you, Patrick, uh, you created Charles, who is an evil interdimensional coconut with googly eyes, who within the canon true. of your show is a very popular mascot and sort of takes over the world with his cuteness. So why, why do you think Minions has caught on in a way that Boss Baby Fever just hasn't? Even though, as we've discussed, Boss Baby sort of has better animation and more of like a, co I guess, a cohesive vision than perhaps a Minions. Well, okay, so 
granted, it's a funny thing where the minions started out as like side characters in Despicable Me. Yes. And then people latched onto them and they came to basically like take over the franchise. Yeah. Right. So right. the only thing in that franchise I've seen is the movie Minions. Right. And I'm an, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. Um, so I didn't hate Minions. I honestly, I think I enjoyed Minions and Boss Baby about an equal amount i in, i actually agree but okay that, that puts us in the minority of this of this podcast i'll tell you and, right well now. actually i think that puts you in in i think it's 50 50 i mm. i think right it's evenly split down the middle I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, so i think it was disrespectful to the victims of the challenger crash <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the challenger it was absolutely the challenger explosion <laughs> it was yeah. not the challenger yeah, it was it was well so my thing with minions that kind of surprised me because i was you know you can't live in the world without just encountering them on an almost daily basis yeah. somewhere yeah right um and and i i was like and i was like yeah okay i just like i don't i'm not sure i really get it um like i like i like why are these things everywhere why are do people love apparently love them so much yeah watching the watching minions yeah i finally kind of got it so my my big take on minions and i say this with i'm not gonna go on and talk for half an hour here but my, my, my very simple take is i found that in the movie minions um Whenever it involved like the human supervillain stuff, I did not care. I was not mm. interested in human supervillains. Uh, I was bored. Yeah. When it was dealing with like hundreds or thousands of minions, like hordes of them, too yeah. many minions. I'm freaked out. I'm not into it. <laughs> <laughs> For me, when the movie was just the three main little guys going around, basically doing just like little like French silent film comedy stuff yeah i found that kind of charming i agree uh, and i'm like oh i when it's just like, like these little guys who just speak in kind of like french-esque gibberish uh when it's just them kind of like bumbling around and misunderstanding things and doing simple little physical comedy gags i thought that was actually pretty okay and i'm like oh i get the appeal of minions now mm -hmm. one of these little guys like saying like one word in a funny way and then like i don't know getting stuck into like a revolving door or whatever i'm like great i get it this i, I now understand why people latched onto this especially i'm imagining like in the first despicable me it was probably like dashes of of, of minions like here and yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 correct and yeah. um and i totally understood how how that was a thing that connected with people because it is a like I think the basic minion design is a pretty effective design. It is immediately recognizable. It's like it's super uh, you, fucking merchandisable. I can tell you that much. It definitely is, yeah. and and it's also this thing like it really lends itself to a simp a very simple kind of comedy that transcends language mm -hmm. and age yeah. and all of that. And it's like the boss baby thing. It's like it's just strange. It's yeah. just especially. It, it, it's like, you know, it, it gets back to like the thing that we've said a million times in the, this episode, which is who is this for yeah. exactly? Because yeah. to fully, because it's aimed at children, but to fully appreciate what it's doing, you have to be familiar with Glengarry Glen Ross. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But also the people that will appreciate that are probably not going to enjoy the movie. They're not going to enjoy much. the movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it got I, even worse because the sequel is just basically American Buffalo. Oh, really? Yeah, the third one is going to be Oleana. 
It's just Alec Baldwin hitting Tim over the head with a chair. I mean, it, it, I think your point is is well made, Patrick, about like how immediately accessible the minions are, like when they're doing their little thing, right? Because the rules of that and and who they are, why they are, and what their deal is is immediately clear. I did not enjoy watching Minions, and if, if, if you all want, you can go back and listen to that fucking episode, and you can hear the proof of it. It gets heated. I never really had any questions about, like, what, what is the deal with these guys? Like, we know yeah. what their deal is, and you yeah. might like what their deal is or not, but either way, they're there, they're immediately understandable, they're immediately accessible, and you can kind of, like project whatever you want onto them because yeah. they are simultaneously very well defined and completely devoid of like an, a, a, a real inner life for the most part. And yeah. so that's why we get like the weird fucking, you know, mint Christian minion memes where the minions yeah. are praying to the Lord and shit like that. Right. You wouldn't yeah. get a and meme of the boss baby praying to our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ to be redeemed. That's just not a thing. Is, is, is in many ways too specific. Right. It's a boss baby. It's right, a baby. Yeah. If you're not into the, if you think that the baby stuff is just kind of repulsive to meme, then right. you're not going to meme the baby. Right. But the minions don't connect to anything. There's no way to to profane them in a mm-hmm. way that's actually going to disgust anyone. Because they're not human. Yeah. Right. And they're not even animals. Right. Right. Also, I'm boss s- baby is like so entirely rooted in like American culture. Yes. And just like, right. so, like specifically the kind of like yeah. 1950s definition of the American businessman in yeah. cities. Yeah. It the is ideal def- of masculinity, even. This, like, this, is, this is death of a salesman. This yeah. is death of a salesman for a boss baby. But well, the director talked about how he was taking stuff from a his childhood in the 70s, but also like explicitly going to Mad Men. And looking at that for like oh, really? the, for the, the styles aesthetic. and for the architecture of baby core, you know, 60s and 50s businesses. And so like it's the whole thing is based on a child's idea of of a past that just predates him. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm just surprised that there aren't memes about using the boss baby to like defend trickle down economics. Do you know what I mean? Like he has so many smug faces that you'd think they'd be able to use it and utilize it for that. But it just it didn't catch on. Yeah. In that most way. of like, the boss baby memes mean. I find are fully ironic or. Right. They get very there's a lot of like very specific like uh, Hispanic culture <laughs> memes. Are based oh, on Boss Baby. Really? So, like, did, did Boss they're... Baby really catch on in like fucking Central America? No, or it's something? All, but... I mean, it's all There's... in English, right? Oh, so, like, okay. I'm seeing one that's right here. It just says, you know, when your baby brother dresses up like he's going to a quinceanera. Huh. Uh, or one where the Boss Baby's talking oh. on a phone and it says, when you just know that he's telling Abuela about what you did last week. Well, one thing I found interesting is that after I watched the movie, I just, I did a search for boss baby on twitter but like mm. selected just like from people that i follow just to be like okay like do oh, people yeah. i know or follow like what have they said about this movie over the past several years i'm just like because i've sure. never heard any, i've never talked to anyone who's actually watched it yeah but i assumed at some point someone i know watched it and tweeted about it right i scrolled for a while every single reference of the boss baby was not anyone who had actually watched the movie right it was it was just people talking about the concept of the boss baby are obviously boss baby vibes yeah well Uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel like like if anything and maybe that's isolated to film twitter but like 
mostly these days when I hear people mention Boss Baby, it's to just reference the Boss Baby vibes meme. Well, and yeah. I think that's because the concept of a Boss Baby, a baby who is a boss, is an interesting hook. But this movie is so strange in that, like, you watch Minions, you know what you get? You get a bunch of fucking Minions. You watch the Boss Baby what do you get? Like, it's, to quote company, this is what being do you alive, get? Yeah. yeah. Right. Why is, like, what's even the point of the boss, like, like right. metaphor for, uh, you know, for what it's like to have, like, a baby in the house? Right. When the movie is going to be about, like, a covert spy organization right. with a, like, <laughs> waging a secret shadow war. And, and I don't think you're going to get, like, fucking boss baby daily affirmations telling you that the grind set is worth it because right. the, the the franchise is is it's much too juvenile for that yeah so right. like no fucking grind setter on their on their bullshit is going to be you know they're going to be posting memes that have pictures of i don't know lions or some shit or andrew tate um <laughs> and whereas whereas literally the, only those two things where's there, the, there's no in between where's the squishier side of things right the like fucking mormon housewife doing an mlm and having that be her grind set she's going to be into the minions because they're cute they're approachable and you know they give her a humorous way to sort of like they're a blank slate yeah, yeah in exactly. a way that boss baby exactly. is not I'll, and also the thing with minions is they are goofy little guys who often don't understand things but they're trying their best that's true they're, whereas the boss baby goal. knows everything yeah, right. The, yeah. Like no one. Mm. Okay. Here's the thing. Anyone, like we said, the uh, the minions are a blank slate, and you can like project yourself on them, and you can relate to them because they are uh, not really qualified to do anything, but they right. always have a specific goal in mind that they are pursuing with like right. a, a lot of enthusiasm. Yes. And the boss baby is. Um. The thing is. You know, you don't relate to the boss. You don't like right. like like yeah. you relate to the person who is like dealing with the boss baby. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Timmy doesn't seem to be all over merch when I, I, I look yeah, around. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Timmy mania has not swept. The <laughs> even having well, just yet. watched the movie, like I don't even remember what Timmy looks like. I think his hair is kind of fascinating because it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like kind of like a traditional like 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 parted on one side. But then it has this like. This big swoop that yeah. comes around to like a spike coming. Uh, I remember out, like, the hair. I remember nothing yeah. else about his character design because he just looks like a cocoa melon model. Well, like, it's, well, yeah, yeah. There was, I mean, there was a lot of controversy after this thing was released. It turns out he was involved in a shooting down of a rocket over Colorado. <laughs> right, and, like, they right, tried right, to really right, bury right. that <laughs> right. in most of the marketing. For <laughs> makes the sense. Piece. Makes sense. Actually, can I say one thing about Minions? Yes, yes please. Because again, I didn't get to be on that episode. <laughs> yes, and yes. I, I had, had thoughts, thoughts on that movie. Yeah. There is specifically a lot of the goodwill I give I give to Minions uh, is largely because one single gag slash story beat. When this one thing happened, I, it made me so happy that I was like, ah, I can't hate this movie. If nothing <laughs> right. else, it gave me this one thing. <laughs> sure. Okay. During the chase scene where they are trying to steal the Queen of England's crown, mm -hmm. there's yes. a part where one of the minions gets like flung off of a carriage into a park in the middle of London. And in that park is a rock that has Excalibur sticking out of it. <laughs> and this minion just pulls the sword out of the stone. And apparently it is still law in the UK, <laughs> where if you just pull the sword at the stone, you are now the king of England. Right. And so yes. suddenly the minions are the kings of England. And that just yeah. coming 
out of nowhere and just and like that felt to me like like the perfect example of a like it is 2 a.m. in the writer's room yeah, and someone throws yeah, out yeah. the dumbest idea they have and everyone goes wait a second that's it what if we actually did it yeah <laughs> and it just it suddenly sears the movie in like so a like basically the opposite direction that it was going in yeah. and uh yeah. and it made me laugh so hard that i was like Gotta get a uh, uh, shout out to Brian Lynch, screenwriter of Minions, for coming up <laughs> yeah. with that one, little one masterpiece gold, yeah. of, of, a, of a story beat. It's sort of um, like it's sort of like in The Simpsons, uh, Terror Lake celebrates Hannibal crossing the Alps. It's just like yeah. a specific little thing that they just throw in there for the fun yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I'll do my plugs now, and I'll, yeah. I'll let us finish this episode yeah, yeah. off. Um, Let's go. If you want more of me talking about movies, but uh, over here they're more eloquent and smarter because I scripted all ahead of time uh you can watch my videos over at youtube.com slash patrick h willems uh or on nebula um and then you can watch uh the the feature length film i made called night of the coconut that does yeah. reference minions uh multiple times yeah um so it's you know it's relevant um and aj has a one line role yeah. that is one of my favorite moments in the whole thing i think oh, it's, yeah. i think it's incredible that's very sweet of you patrick i uh, uh, i'm just so glad i'm canon uh that's <laughs> that's really the thing i'm most proud of is that i'm canon you are you you 100 are yeah. um anyway uh the movie night of the coconut is also streaming on nebula and um and according to letterboxd users yeah it is um uh the second highest uh rated sci-fi movie of 2022 wow um, i definitely did not game the system <laughs> oh, okay uh, I, I heard yogurt was involved or not involved i should say no, there was no yogurt involved uh who who can say you, right. you, you know what I, I just think it was all done honestly and above board mm -hmm. and um and these are the facts <laughs> great that's how it is so anyway that's that's what i've got going on um and i'll tell you guys if if i ever end up watching boss baby 2 because oh it, please it, invite it, it might happen we'll have a watch oh, party we'll all watch it together <laughs> And if you want more Worst of All Possible Worlds, we, of course, have a Patreon, patreon.com slash worst of all. Five bucks gets you access to the premium episodes. Ten bucks gets you access to Lad's Cast, the unscripted, uh, unedited shit show. So fucking check it out. <laughs> Every month. Every, Every month. month. No Every editing, no cutting, no, editing, uh, no, no cutting. censoring. That's right. Shit show. So I have one final question for you all before we, before we, before we part ways today. Who's the boss? Uh, it's Tony Danza. <laughs> I'm the worst of all possible AJs. <laughs> I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. And I'm the worst of all possible Tony Danzas. See you next week. <laughs>